Welcome to the Random Tea Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Who the hell is Bucky? Oh, Bucky. Bucky. Bucky is pain is who Bucky is. Do I start crying now? Go ahead. Or should I just wait? Just, or yeah. just Okay, just assume that I'm crying through this entire podcast. Because, if because you, it's true. If you have not listened to any of our other um marvel podcasts um welcome but um <laughs> also um as uh i am always a slut for loki yes janya is always a slut for bucky yes and and feels many many bucky feelings many many bucky feelings not necessarily the winter soldier just at least bucky yeah Bucky. hey uh I, I thought and i thought about this in the car and i thought well that's cruel i have to do that um what do you say to bucky's a villain Bucky's not a villain. He is misunderstood. <laughs> he was brainwashed. He was mind controlled. He is not a fucking villain. And if you ever meet Sebastian Stan, don't call him a villain. Loki, on the other hand. Yeah, he is. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Like, he had a shitty childhood, but yes, he is a villain. He's a little shit. That doesn't change my love Just for because him. Odin was an asshole doesn't mean he's not a villain. He doesn't have good coping skills, okay? But yes. Okay. So don't ever tell Sebastian Stan that Bucky is a villain. Bucky is... Bucky? Bucky. That's the Canadian. (laughs) That's not in me at all. Yeah. Um, But no, no. Bucky is not a villain. No, no. So. All right. Where do we even start? Um... Okay, Obviously, so this this is both of our favorite MCU movie. Yes, this is the best MCU to date. E, that includes Civil War. This yeah. is yeah, we've watched all the way up through yeah, let's up, just oh, disclaimer. Yeah, that's our disclaimer, yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. We have watched this uh all the way up through Civil War has been released. Including Agents of Shield and Agent Carter. Yeah, so that's this is we're gonna include both uh Agents Carter seasons and see up through season three of Agents of Shield. So there's that. Um sorry for your luck. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we are. Um Yes, it is still the number one, top yeah. of the list. It's such a good fucking movie. It really is. I mean, Marvel or otherwise, it's. I mean, cinematically, it's, cinematically, story wise, the fights are awesome. Because a lot of times you yes, get choreography is great. A lot of times you get like an action movie, mm-hmm. and it's got maybe like a her hum plot, or maybe the cinematography is kind of just okay. Yeah. But this is all. Just, this was everything I could just eat it with a spoon. I mean, at this point, I was like, well, the Russo brothers can do anything now. Here's my life. Uh-huh. Have at it. I mean, they did such an amazing job. So, yeah. This they were is, wonderful. This and is I, clearly I want, our favorite. I owe them my life. I mean, I don't know. They're just, they're awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, this was the first Marvel movie we saw in the theaters together. It was. Uh, we actually went out of our way to watch geographically and literally yes uh we yeah seriously because we were out of state at the time because we saw uh agents of shield Mm -hmm. we went out of town to atlanta for the weekend Mm -hmm. on our way back that monday Mm -hmm. we went out of our way to find a movie theater to see the winter soldier before agents of shield came on that tuesday night yep so we could watch it in order and it was a beautiful thing to behold yeah it was imax 3d too wasn't it it was it I remember it was, it was a big screen in the middle of the day on a Monday. Yeah, it was beautiful. There we were there were like four people in there. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, it was raining too. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, it was raining that day. Um, but the way it flowed through Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and then you come back to it, it was just so awesome. And we didn't realize because we we 
been going back and we're recording uh, season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. And I never noticed we get a Triskelion tease. We do. In the Hub episode. The Hub episode, In, in yeah. season one, episode seven. No, not seven. Six or seven. It's right up there. Six. I think seven's the asset. Anywho. Um, and I didn't get it until like we were rewatching it like last month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. They, they did, mentioned that yes. Triskelion. Yes. So it's really cool. Uh, okay, well, since we brought you've brought up the Triskelion, I want to point out that in the opening scene, when Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson are on your jogging around on your the on your left scene, which yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful thing, it is. It's, it's um, wonderful. You should have been able to see the Triskelion from that location. <gasps> I have no. Oh no, I have to go back. Oh, I, have I have to read, watch it again now. I oh, my have. Gosh. Well, you can't. There's nothing to see. It's not there. Oh, you should see you it. You should be able to see it. Oh. You don't see it. Oh, I get what you're saying. Because as large as the Triskelion building is and where it is where geographically located, located, you should be able to see yeah, it. Yeah, I have 12 pages of goofs and 19 pages of trivia. We're not reading them all. No, only the ones I think are actually interesting. Okay, okay. You have no say in the matter. Oh, <laughs> oh so that's how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell the audience that this is one of those that I really honestly sh- didn't have to rewatch the movie. No, but we did. I've seen it so many times. I have slept with this movie on in the background countless times. I actually had to break down and purchase it though, because mm-hmm. it wasn't on Stars anymore. Yeah, I, mine Damn it. that we were watching just now because we were watching it before we. Of course we were. It's per. It's like on my DVR from as soon as they uh, come on stars, I record them. Oh, uh, mine. Yeah, mine's set to automatically record. Yeah. But I don't have stars on my cable. I only have it as my Roku. Oh, okay, okay. For some reason, my cable package does not include it. Yeah. On my on, on my actual, actual TV, TV. Yeah. But but I have I can log into it online. I can go to the stars website and use my same the exact yeah. same. Ca- it's, I'm not stealing it. Yeah. I'm not pirating. <laughs> I'm using my own cable login. Yeah. And I can get to stars and encore and but I can't I don't have the channels. Yeah. You can't do So I get it. I can see it on my Roku. Yeah. But it's not there anymore. Yeah. Ant Man. Yeah, they cycled is. it out. They cycled it out. Ant Man, Ultron, and um what's the other one? Uh Guardians. Guardians. I watched that there. the other day. Which is coming up. Which way, that's that's the only one we're missing of the yeah. set. Yeah. Uh oh, uh this which which movie is this of its iteration? It's I'm so glad you asked. Uh, of its phase? Of it, yeah, what, what? It's smack up in the middle. It's it's number three of phase two. Okay. I knew we needed to get and that out there. out like through, And it came out like four months before Guardians. Yeah, it came out in April of 2014. Yep. came to the theaters. Yes. Uh, April of 2014. I know it was April because we were in Atlanta. <laughs> yes, we were. We were indeed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have remembered. So, yeah. Um, so, oh, God, I don't even know where to start. Well, I have feedback. I have goofs. I have trivia. Uh, we always usually go through the cast. Yeah, let's do the cast. Okay. Uh, At slash characters. So, uh, then that we're going to start off with uh, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Yeah, I don't know. How do we feel about Chris Evans as Steve Rogers? Um, he's the best Dorito-shaped human I think exists. Okay, sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. All right, all right. Um... In this particular film, we, we saw him at the end of uh, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. the very end where he'd woken up in the modern world. So here he is thrown back in. He's, he's awfully well adjusted. Yeah. And that's the thing. We don't know how long, like 
God, I think somebody did a timeline, and I want to say it's it's kind of muddy, but people think that the Avengers happens very soon after he's woken up. But we don't know how long it's been since the Avengers until Winter Soldier. It had to have been a lot of time because, boy, he did a lot of training Mm -hmm. between then and now. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he had time to see war games. He's making this list. No polio is a good thing, which I wanted to point out uh, that that's an interesting nod to uh, where he says no polio is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a nod to uh, there's a Captain America movie from... God knows when, uh, where the reason why he couldn't get into the army, he had polio. Oh, he had everything. Yeah, at some point. In the MCU, he had everything. That's in my trivia notes somewhere, but I just wanted to go ahead and bring that up. Yeah, Um, if you ever want to just be sad for sad baby skinny Steve, uh, pause it on his medical file in the first Avengers. But it doesn't list polio. It does not. It does not. Almost everything else. Everything else. (laughs) Asthma is on there. My poor sweet baby Uh, child. Chris Evans trained in parkour, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, karate, boxing, kickboxing, and gymnastics. Thank you. For this movie. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Evans. Um, I almost thank Steve Rogers. Well, the the, the Russos uh, requested that because they felt like with Steve Rogers uh, learning more about modern times that he would have learned more modern techniques and fighting styles. Yeah. Because he's that kind of guy. So, yeah. Plus, he has control over his body. He has a lot more control over his body in the comics than he does in the movies. But we see him, like, the Avengers is a good example. We see him going back to punching bag. Like, he gets that. Everything else can be a complete clusterfuck around him. So I could see him retreating to, plus, let's face it, the first, what, 20 years of his life? Well, there's that. He couldn't do shit like that? And, yeah, there's that. And the, uh, the exercise produces endorphins, which help him sleep, which help him feel better. Yeah. So happy people just don't murder their husbands. They don't murder their husbands. They really don't. Um, what was that? Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde. I was like, that's not Clueless. What's the other one? <laughs> it's the other movie. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's got to be depressed. He's lost everything. So, yeah, it's yeah. a good way. It's a good coping. Yeah, it is. So, and he's got to maintain all of that. So he's uh, a specimen. So, next on the list is Scarlett Johansson. I love her. As, Na- as Natasha, as I love once again, once again, she blows us away. She is Natasha. I mean, this is really like I liked her before, and I thought she was great in Avengers, and I, I was glad that she got a bigger, um, a bigger part because you know we got her introduced in Iron Man two, and mm-hmm. when we got this movie, this is when I really was like, Jesus Christ, why does she not have her own movie? You get so much more depth out of her in this. Yeah. You get so much more to her character. And I, I was just so thankful we got that from the Russos. Because when I found out, like, I was excited. I'll take what I can get of Black Widow. Yes. I was like, okay, Black Widow's the sidekick in this. I'm cool with that. Like, she's in it at all. That's cool. That's good. But the fact that they gave us such awesome character development and they gave, and they, they didn't reduce her to a romantic interest, it was awesome. No, but we did see her flirting with Sam Wilson for just a second. Yeah, we did. So, hey. 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 (laughs) You know I was going to find a Hamilton reference somewhere. I did. I've got another one. Well, we've got another one later. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They're everywhere. So, uh... There's really not a whole lot to say. She's a she's a good contrast Mm -hmm. to Steve. They're two different styles. Well, and, you know... I, uh, which if you guys don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I highly recommend it. It's not perfect, and it, 
you know, it's a slightly watered down version of, of the MCU, but it's fun. And like I said, we've been rewatching it. And one of the big things of the first season, which this, this hit like, like probably three quarters into their season. Mm-hmm. Well so into it. they had the, this was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one was like a big lead into this. And one of the big issues we've hit so far on the rewatch is the idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. compartmentalizing everything. Yes. And that the intelligence and the, and the agent levels and the op, you know, the, the ops who, being classified and who, and who knows, knows what. what. And so I thought that, Watching this again in light of us doing Shield when we're doing it, I'm really going, wow, that was that was a recurring theme. That wasn't a new idea for us, even if it, we weren't really thinking about it really hard. That was not a new idea for us because we were watching Shield, mm-hmm. and that's Steve's whole thing is God Fury. You're the one that gets to decide. Yeah, but at the same, but we, when we saw it, we we're like, yeah, but this is Shield. This is how Shield op. Oh, right. okay. We see where you're going now, and uh, and then we see uh, with the end of this movie, with to get back to Natasha, uh, how it ends for her that every identity she's ever had is compromised now. Yep. And her faith, <clears throat> in, her secrets, her faith in the organiz- not only the organization of Shield, but the comfort of the organization as far as the compartmentalization. I don't know everything. You don't know. She took comfort in that. And she took comfort in that she was working for the good guys. And so I'm really glad you got that moment of, Jesus Christ, who am I working for? Yeah. Um, what, does that, says, what does that mean for me? What she says, I thought I know whose lies I was telling. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so that brings us to... Oh, oh, before, oh. We, before we move, can we talk about Natasha's necklace? Yes, we can talk about Natasha's necklace. Go ahead. Because, like, I, I know, Janya's heard this, like, a thousand times <laughs> from me. I'm a big Clintasha shipper, so I like her and Clint Barton. And up until then, they, they've given us, um, you know, we had the Avengers where he was compromised and it was a big thing and they're partners. And so, of course, I'm like, ah, ship it. And um, so when we saw Winter Soldier, of course, Tumblr lost their ever-loving shit because she's got this arrow necklace. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scarlet did that on purpose. Yes. With that the was Russo's, own- you know... Um, because uh, she wears it through the whole movie. Knowledge. And because the whole thing was... They were being set up as a couple. And even Joss will admit this. In the Avengers, they were being set up to then later become a couple. And then he chose to change that in Age of Ultron and put her with Bruce, which I do not agree with. Um, Nobody does. But yeah, so I, I, I think this is where I was like, holy shit, she's wearing an arrow necklace. Yep. Oh, my God. And she, she said, yeah, I chose it to symbolize you know, how close their relationship is. And so that's the kind of shit that Scarlett just put in there and nobody nobody told her to. Well, uh, that was not styled for her. That was her choice. That was her choice. Uh, also, there are several scenes between Steven and Natasha that were um, ad-libbed. Yeah, I could By the see two that. of them. I could the see that. The two of them wrote. The, they said, okay, here's what y'all need to talk about. And they here's came the up gist. with their own dialogue. Yeah. yeah. I so, like that. Yeah. Which makes it, that makes it just feel so, I don't know, that's just so much more in character. These, these guys know yes, their characters. Yes, they do. That's, they that's do. one of the nice things about about Marvel and letting them do it for so many movies. It's like, um, not to bring it back to Loki, but, um, it, but to bring it, it back to It always comes back to Loki. Um, when Tom He's Hiddleston, not even in this movie. I know. When Tom Hiddleston made his 2013 SDCC uh, visit and he brought Hall H Put to on the its suit. knees... Um, to, and he did his big Loki speech. He wrote that shit. 
He like did, he wrote that yes, himself. That he, he knows the character that well. He did, and that was supposed to be the last time he put that costume on because that oh, was a thing. Mm-hmm. When that happened, it was that was a whole thing that it was, it was he, a big deal. Yeah. They smuggled him there, super mm-hmm. secret. Was he wasn't even quiet. scheduled to to be there. They brought not only him but the costume itself, and it was going to be the it was the, the whole reason they were doing it was, was the last time he was going to be able to wear it, if and it was be his. That we big, thought they were going to do Ragnarok without Loki. <laughs> you can't have Ragnarok without Loki. No. But to that but Ragnarok po- wasn't officially announced at that time. That's true. But to do but to that point, I mean, these guys have lived with these characters for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so they're really good at knowing their characters at this point. I mean, we all know Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. He is Tony Stark. There's and, no two And ways I think about they're it. they're all like that and I find comfort they in that. They grow them. Yeah. Marvel grows their their they actors. Do. Yes. They do. They do. Um so then that brings us to excuse me, Sebastian Stan. <gasps> okay. Um, when was it this movie that made you go mine? Yes. With, okay, so it wasn't yes. it wasn't uh First Avenger even. Yeah. It was it was Bucky as Winter Soldier. It was it was the painful <laughs> It was the angst. It was the angst of Damn Bucky. It, you know how I am about angst and he is a terribly and you know how I feel about the underdog, how I feel about the 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 bad guy long hair for that matter long, well yeah the hair was a lot to do with it too so you know the <laughs> the bad guy who's really a good guy I always yeah. love that character yeah um and that's what he became in this uh but the thing is while Sebastian was signed up Sebastian has a nine movie contract thank the Marvel which gods. makes me so happy yeah nine movies thank Sebastian. the old gods and the new for that all of them every one of them thank Thank Stan Lee for that one. Oh. Um, he did. He was not aware that they were actually going to go the Winter Soldier story route. Oh, that's awesome! Until he heard during SDCC. Oh my God! Them announced them announced the Winter Soldier and movie, he, and he knew what that meant because he had done his research. He knew who Bucky was. Mm-hmm. He'd done his research on Bucky. He was not aware. Uh, he actually learned through a friend who was attending San Diego Comic Con. I was like, hey, he wasn't even hey, there, dude. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to be in another movie. Yeah. So um, he went through five months of physical training. Did a lot of historical research. He studied brainwashing. He studied all kinds of spy movies. Anything from the time period. He was like mine. Um, He's a precious bab. And he... Okay, you see Sebastian Stan as a human being. Yes. He is a precious little ray of sunshine. Precious pancake... He is He's a goofball, adorable. Anything you put him and Anthony Mackie together. Oh my and God, they are it's so endlessly entertaining, and it's such a love fest. Oh yeah, they're constantly complimenting each other and yeah. and all this. And snarky. Um, for him to portray such a character so opposite of who he is mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, he's also, and I know this has been talked about a lot, but he, uh, he reportedly was walking around for months with a plastic knife, yep. flipping it because he wanted it to look natural. Yep. Doing that on set. Like and he was driving a little bit, like he would drive down the road and he'd sit in his car and flip the stupid knife. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love you so much. Um, giant nerd. He really is. So got to lube up that arm though and get his, uh, I know he's got to lube his arm to get it in that sleeve, which is just hilarious. But I love that they made it a practical effect. There was a lot of practical effects. I'm sure they touch pieces up in post. Oh yeah, of course they do. But lots of practical effects in this, and I think it shows because I'm I'm tend to be. um, I just think that if you film it, generally 
it's it's easier to accept mm-hmm. um, than doing 100% CGI. Well, and I think it shows in this. Well, I've, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this before. I don't know if I ever talked about it in any of our podcasts, but there was this long trend of everything going towards CGI in movie making, in filming. Yep. Everything was, oh, the more CGI, the better the movie was. The more CGI, the better the movie was. And we just somehow hit this peak. And now films are going back towards pra- ooh, practical effects and how awesome. Because and you CGI, can touch you shit up with CGI to make mm-hmm. it like perfect. But yeah, you can get like but 90% it's just, of the way there. But it's just a trend going all the way mm-hmm. back the other way. Because if you think about Star Wars mm-hmm. back in 1976. Oh, bless them. I remember seeing it in the theater, by the way. <laughs> Uh, back in 1976, all those special effects were so awesome. But there was a lot of practical effects in there. The Death Star was not CGI. That really, was the only real... effects were the pew pew, yeah. right? Yeah, the pew pews. And then I don't want to do not get me started on the the remake of it. Yeah, that's. But then, yeah. so so you think about that from 1976, and then movies came all this long way with CGI. But then you go look at Star Wars: The Force Awakens. How much practical effects? The bread, the fucking bread, the fucking bread. The, uh, the 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 the. I want to call them Muppets. Um, the creatures. Yeah. The majority of that was uh, was practical effects. That's where we've gone from there yeah. to there. That's the extreme. Yeah, BB-8 was really rolling. Yes, he through was. The sand with a green dude following right behind him. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's you know, but the the effects, the practical yeah. effects in this movie were great. Yeah. So, um, so that brings us to Anthony Mackie as Who Sam I Wilson, love, and he's so sassy. And I, because that's the nice thing about Tumblr, I get more exposure to them doing press. Than so I, much more than I would have ever gotten before. Or gone to look for. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, you just get it in little easily digestible GIF sets, so I don't have to watch a ton of interviews. Only no, just if, the good bits. Only if something interests me, do I go yes. and watch the full interview. But mm-hmm. watching him and, like you said, Sebastian Stan do press together. Oh, they're adorable together. And Anthony Mackie gives like no fucks. None. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm awesome. Falcon's awesome, you know, and he's been such a great role model. I mean, he was so excited to see like little ones dressed up as Falcon. For he was Halloween. so excited for that. He wrote to Marvel and wrote to Marvel. He pestered them till he got this job. Mm-hmm. He really did. Yep. Uh, he had to, he was up to 11,000 calories a day. Wow. Trying to, there, there was no way he was ever going to like meet Steve Rogers no, but sign of definite. He but got he some was nice guns. He was up to twelve, uh, eleven thousand calories per day. Because you notice they gave us, they gave us a short sleeve shirt with that Falcon. Oh yeah, they did. Thank you, Marvel. So nice. And again, I was, that's the same intern. Again, if you if you guys are new to our podcast, there is a Shield intern that is in charge of Steve's tiny tiny shirts. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to thank it's that the, person. It's the only size they come that's in, the, sir. I'm sir, sorry. Sir, that's the only size they come in. It's the biggest one they have. And I, Steve's I'm sorry. too much of a gentleman to call them on their bullshit. Yeah. And he wears the tiny shirts. And yeah. I would like to thank that intern. Yeah. I really hope they didn't blow up. But uh, I just have one more thing to say about Anthony Mackey. Cut, Cut the, the check. check. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Yeah, that's how he'll end takes is cut, cut the, the check. check. Or just when he thinks something's done right. That's yeah. well good. Just cut the check. Well, well good. Well wow. good. Wow, that's that's awesome. Eggsy's uh, mom is well fit. Go check the behind <laughs> the scenes. They're all over YouTube. Go ahead. Um, but he's adorable he's, and I love him. He's great. He, well, the only thing is, okay, Falcon in this movie is not Falcon from the comic books. 
Which that's not the first time the MCU no, has. No, it's not. But his, his his background has been completely retconned mm-hmm. uh, because Sam Wilson in the comics was never in the military, was never never uh, a rescue guy. Okay. Um, and he actually in the comics he actually had a, 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 a like a telekinetic mental bond with, with Red Wing, with right? Birds, who was an actual bird. with Birds. Red Wing was an actual falcon. Right. Right. Um, Steve Rogers met him. All right, let me just go ahead and get up my list. That oh my would God. be uh, Captain America number 117 from 1969 is his first appearance. Okay. His origin story is in that comic, but it got retconned in uh, issue 186 of the same series. Um, so as the story goes, uh, Red Skull didn't go down as quickly as they as he did in the movies. Right. Red Skull was a long-standing thorn he in Cap's side. Well, he actually is the one who created Bucky. I mean, that's yeah. where that the the cosmic cube actually kept going. Yeah. For many, many, many decades, uh, it was the cause of lots of problems. But um, AKA the, the Tesseract. Right. There was a storyline where the Red School Red Skull switched bodies with Steve Rogers. Of fucking course, of because course that's was. what happens. Of course. And Steve Rogers, he he sent uh, the Red Skull sent Steve Rogers as the other person to some deserted island with some exiles or whatever. But Sam Wilson sure. just happened to be there at the time. Hanging out. And the two of them got together and then got off the island and whatever. And the story happened. But then in issue 186, it turned out, his his backstory got retconned that uh, the Red Skull actually used the Cosmic Cube, knowing, recognizing that Falcon is the kind of person that Steve Rogers would partner with. Oh my God. I know, right? Um, he used the cosmic cube to give Sam Wilson this ability to work with bir- with birds and whatnot, and that Sam Wilson originally was a member of the mob. What? But he had erased his memory and did all this stuff what? and created this new. He was Snap Wilson. He w- yeah. He was deep into the mob and oh whatnot. Oh my god! And uh, of course, he had to go and do some time, but. Was he Steve always, Rogers was he forgive, always forgave a, him. a black guy? He was always an African-American, yes. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Always was. Cool. Always was, yes. Because um, that was back so, in the day. So. Back in 1969. That's awesome. So, yeah. But, yeah, they retconned his story. So, yeah, he actually had a superpower yeah. of his own, but he doesn't in the movie. And I like that they took that away. Yeah. It made it much more easy to swallow. Well, and it made it like him and Steve related to each other on the soldier to soldier level. Yes. The the I like the new story for the movie. Because yeah. had they brought in this Falcon from the comics, it would never have made any sense. Yeah. How in the hell would they ever have met? How would they ever have had anything in common? Exactly. That Falcon would never have anything in common with this Steve Rogers. So Cause that, cause they retconned everything. Steve is a hair's breadth away from being like, okay, I was going to meet you. And he turns away, and then Sam is the one that's like, it's your bed, it's isn't your it? It's your bed. He got in his head that easy. Yeah. And they had common Steve was ground. just like, yeah, you know, this is this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that was, I thought also, that was good. how you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey. hey. And can, okay, I know we stopped talking about Natasha, but can we please talk about the fact that um, I read this thing on Tumblr, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the truth. She is... The truth was on Tumblr? The truth was on Tumblr. Wow. She is... Yes, she is this badass assassin weapon, trained in the Red Room, moved to S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, she's like, she can kill you with her pinky finger five different ways. But she's also a giant dork. 
She really is a giant dork. I mean, she's making fossil jokes, and you can't tell me that is you the first time she's made that. You tell me where the Smithsonian is? Yeah, she's been, you know she's been doing that for months, and Steve's just got to go, nah. That's hilarious. Nah. Well, he's also try- she's also trying to set him up with a date the entire She's trying to set him up. She, she does the whole, would you like to play a game? And he's like, oh, I've God, seen nah. that movie. She's such a nerd. She is. So, like, I love that we got different sides of her in this. Yeah. And I loved it when she flirted with Sam. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so I love that. Um, so that's Anthony Mackie, and I thought he he is Anthony beautiful. Precious Pants. Yes, he is. Um, on your left, he's one of my children now. Yes, he is. Uh, so then that uh, the next character on the list is Kobe Smothers. Oh, I'm so glad to see her in this as Maria Hill. She was barely in this movie, but still. And she was introduced in the Avengers, and I was really happy because I, I was a big fan of How I Met Your Mother. Yes, so I which really, I have never watched. I know. Don't watch the last episode. Anyway. I've heard. Um, yeah, you heard from me because I was screaming. Um, but I really like her, and so I was really happy to see her back as Maria. And you're right, we don't see her very long. Um, but yeah, when she, when she pulls that helmet off and she's like, God, that was pinching my brain. I just, I love her, and I think she's great. She also did a lot of training for this film. She studied uh, some Taekwondo. Okay. Uh, she said there's an amazing team of, uh, she's quoted saying there's an amazing team of stunt people that do most of the work, but I studied a lot of Taekwondo. She also did a lot of training with weapons because she's, she was, said she wasn't very comfortable around guns. Right. But she wanted to get comfortable. Yeah. Because um, Maria is. She says here, I like to get really physical so I feel empowered when I am on set. And even though you don't see it on screen, maybe I am taking people out that you don't see off camera. So I like that though. Mm-hmm. I like that she wanted to get that deep into the character, even though we don't see a lot of her. No. I, I think but that's But she's in a very important part. Yeah. I mean, hell, she's, yeah. she's, they, they never name her, but I always assume she's basically the deputy director. She, no, she is the deputy director. Okay. You okay. don't have to assume she is. Okay, good. She's level nine. We'll, we'll get to that discussion. We'll get to all the, Janya spent uh, 45 minutes today researching ranks because I love her and that is why. You're welcome. She's the best. I, I, I had to. We went there. Yeah. So then uh, that brings us to the next character on my list is Frank Grillo. Okay. As Brock Rimlow. He's an asshole. He's an asshole, but he's such a good has- asshole. He really, like, I love it when he's like, Hydra's pain and order, blah, 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 blah. And Sam's just like, man, shut the hell up. It was yeah. just, it's great. But I knew he was being set up for crossbones. Yeah. At the end of this film, when they throw him on the stretcher and he's got the cross on his chest yeah. and he's all burned and up, I was like, crossbones. crossbones. And I was so disappointed in, yeah, in what we got Civil War. in Civil War that he was that in was it, it for like two minutes. But him bombing is a thing that happened. Yeah. I don't actually have that issue. I just, but that, and they Because it's not this movie. And they promoted it a lot more. They're, oh, crossbones, crossbones, crossbones. And I thought he'd be... A bigger part. There's only so much story they can handle, though. Yeah. But I think he played him really well. I, I think he did, too. Um, so, and I, I want to talk about this, since you brought up Civil War. The scene where they have uh, in the elevator. The elevator, the <gasps> elevator scene. That is actually a nod to Civil War. Really? Where the, Yeah, because in Civil War, they attempt to take him prisoner. Because he's rebelling against the whole the uh, uh, superhero registration act. Well, that went that was That them. was a... That was a purpose nod okay. to Civil War. Cool. That's awesome. Them trying to take him down. So. Yeah, that didn't go well for them. No, it didn't. Yeah. Did not. Yeah, what did so. you think of uh, It's Not Personal, Big Guy? It feels personal. It feels personal, it feels yeah. Pers- it was personal. I don't care what he says. It was yeah. personal. Yeah. So that brings us to 
try to keep yourself under control. Mm. I know. Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter. I do have feelings, Agent 13. though. Because, like, I like her. And I like her character in this. Now, in this movie, we did. We only knew that she was Agent 13 and her name was Sharon. We did not know. We knew Sharon Carter. But we did not have confirmation no, that we she suspected. was. We suspected that she was related the to Peggy. Sharon Carter. Yeah. Yeah, because there is canonically a Sharon Carter that is canonically um, related to Peggers. Yeah, she was originally her little sister, but she got retconned as her niece. Yeah, in the in the comics because the characters just don't age. Yeah, so that got retconned in the comics. Um, and and I liked her in this she, because she was so un- unapologetic. Like, yeah, yeah, I, that was, was I was doing my job. She was, and I know that there is so many people who get upset about her becoming Steve Rogers' love interest, but I have to say, that's canon. Peggy it, is I not. I know. So that's where I'm coming from in the whole thing. I know, and I, I just didn't like the timing. In oh, Civil, yeah, that was, it was In Civil bad. War, like two days after Peggy's funeral, they're making it out. It was badly written. Yeah. Poorly, poorly written. We, we believe it was thrown in at the last minute. Um, they had to do some Because reshoots. the filming was done well, well off. And um, we think that that was from the top brass to make it more hetero. Yeah. She, uh, her and Steve actually had an on-again, off-again relationship for a long long time. time. And it's very evident in, um, since we're we're at this point, since we're talking about this storyline, in, uh, because the comics that this is after, it's uh, the Captain America number eight from 2004 between... Issue 8 and 14 is this story. Right, right. Is the, the Winter Soldier storyline where uh, Bucky comes back. And when we, you re, if you go back and you, you know, I always suggest people go to Marvel Unlimited and read these comics because it's really interesting. But if you go back and you read those particular issues, I want to say it's the fifth set of comics. It's the fourth or fifth set of comics, but it's from 2004. So you can find the right set. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, it's all through their relationship is all because they've already been in and out of a relationship by this point long time off and on off and on off and on and so um yeah there's that but i like the actress so i'm not against the sharon carter steve rogers relationship but it was badly written in the movies yes yes i think it might have been more palatable if it was done a little differently yeah like not two days after peggy's funeral just saying but you know so yeah so there's that okay and uh speaking of Haley atwell was also in this oh my god they tried putting prosthetics on her and they just didn't like the way it looked so they i thought they did an amazing job now i read somewhere i could didn't find anything in my research for this podcast but i could have sworn i read somewhere that they filmed an 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 senior woman Mm -hmm. lying in the bed doing the part and then they filmed Haley doing it and they merged the two together that's how they cgi'd that's how they did skinny steve so, but I could, I never ran across that again. Okay. All it's just that they, that she, it was through CGI methods. Yeah. I knew that because they wanted Haley's performance without having to worry about the visual well, the of pros- it. No, the prosthetics, they said the prosthetics just look wrong. Yeah. They said it just did not look right. It was just it wrong. It looked fake and cartoony and, you know, yeah. not good. So, and I love her and she, you know. And she was, it was a small part. But she's beautiful and perfect, and I love her. Okay, so then that'll bring us to one Mr. Robert Redford. Woo! I was so excited when I heard he was in this. Yeah. I was like, Robert Redford? Really? I was like, this is like a real movie. I was like, they're going old school with the cameos, huh? 
Speaking of cameos, uh, if you look in his fridge when he opens it for his milk slash orange juice, there is a there is a jar. Of, we'll get to that. There is a jar of Paul Newman's. I don't know if it's like salad dressing or spaghetti sauce. There's a Newman's own something in that's, his fridge. That's beautiful. It's, it's as a nod to, to his his good friend that they beautiful. work together so much. But he, uh, Robert Redford, was really excited. He really wanted to to play a villainous role. He wanted to try it out. Um, He's just something he really wanted to be a part of. He wanted to be a part of this universe. He wanted to be a part of the process. And he wasn't, he was a great villain because at the beginning, it's not like, you know, those movies you can go, all right, that's the guy. Yeah. This movie was genuinely surprising to me in a lot of ways. And Well, but we, Pierce, weren't, ex- we weren't expecting the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. When we walked no, into we this weren't. movie, as many times as we've seen it now and now the aftermath that we've lived for the last two years, walking into this movie, we did not see that coming. Nope. And, and Pierce was so affable. Yeah, he had he a was. history with Nick. Well, and they he was together. He's he came he's ta- back. You know, he got a peace prize. Well, he's talking to the council. He's like, "Are you calling for my resignation? I got pen and paper right here. Let's do mm-hmm. this." And I was like, "Yeah, I like this guy. I know. Like, I, he was. He's the kind of guy that you think Nick would work for." And Robert Redford was so believable in this role, and he pulled it off so well. Yeah, so excited. I was like, Robert Redford. That's. I was like. That's okay. Next thing you know, they're going to have like that's Clint like Eastwood a, in this movie. That's like know? a fucking legit actor. I know. Not that Samuel L. Jackson's not a legit actor because then that brings us to Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Oh my gosh. I love this my man poor baby. so much. My poor baby. Yeah. My baby. My heart. I mean, but he although, was dead. Although we put him through pain, that is one of the finest car sequences ever. Can we talk? Okay. When we went to see this movie, I remember vividly sitting there experiencing that for the first time I know I was like my jaw dropping and my face just I could not and like my heart was pounding the whole time and I know I was turned on quite a bit <laughs> car chase scenes turn me on that's yeah. just hot that's okay? just how genre rolls it is I love I <laughs> see what you did there but um but um I remember it very specifically sitting there going oh my god I'm turned on <laughs> This is the best chase scene ever. <laughs> Although it does have its issues now that I've watched it a hundred thousand times, but it's just so perfectly done. You have to look for it because so much is going on the whole time. It's happening. It's just dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and it just was awesome. And I thought that the, the keep the, keep an eye on the car that's behind the truck. Keep yeah. an eye on that car, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But the AI in the car. I want that. I know it's not AI because they made a big deal about Ultron's the first AI, whatever. The whatever it, it is a, in the car. It was just a computer. It was just a. But it was, it was FaceTime, okay? But it was believable. It, it was. It wasn't so far out Fitz, of the realm of possibility. Fitz, Fitz, Fitz designed it. Yeah, Fitz. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Fitz. Yeah. It's, it's always just a computer screen in his, in his windshield is all that And was, we've seen but. that cutter come back. Yes. We've seen them reuse that technology mm-hmm. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that was really cool. Um, so now that we've gotten to Nick Fury, I wanted to point out the entire, the, the fall of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually did happen in the comics. Okay. Uh, it, uh, not, I'm not, ex- I, I was not able to pull these particular issues up on, they didn't have it on Marvel Unlimited, these particular issues. There are a few issues. things they don't have, yeah, so there yeah. are some things they don't have, and these were the ones I was unable to read, but I did find a reference to, it's the Nick Fury Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the name of the comic. Right. It's issues 20, 
through 23 and then you skip 24 and then it's 25 through 26 mm-hmm. they were released in 1991 okay um so that's when Nick was still a white man. And it's also threaded through the Ultimates storyline, but the Ultimate really? storyline is like Civil War. It goes through a whole bunch of shit. Okay. I thought the Ultimates were later than that. Well, there's it's in there. Okay. It's involved okay. with it. Um, wow. also if you if you want to look at you can look into the infiltration storyline and the secret invasion storylines, which are some all encompassing yeah. big overall, which go through several different comics. You can check those out too. But that's where the fall of Shield happened so to have Nick Fury in this movie just totally made sense since that was his his storyline there um so that actually did happen we knew shield fell in the canon but it wasn't I never read those comics I mean I mean we as the collective comic loving movie universe but like nobody expected this at least nobody that I know because that I saw. No, because this was supposed to be the Winter Soldier story. Right. They, and that was, that was enough. Because you know how comics are. I mean, you've got to pick and choose your story arcs because God knows they've done everything over the past, you know, mm-hmm. 75 years. Because yeah. Cap's been around for 75 years. Yeah. We just had our 75th anniversary yeah, this year. Yeah, I did. No, uh, I thought that was last year. Was it last year? It was 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. We're now in 2016. Oh, yeah. The okay. year has changed. Yeah. yeah. It has. So, yeah. We're halfway through. Oh, okay. my gosh. I know. But yeah. um, I'm an accounting. I'm I'm aware of. The, we're also in the third quarter of 2016, by the Ooh. way. Ooh, the first month of the third quarter. I'm, you nerd. I'm. Hey, they pay me to do this. <laughs> I know because I'm having to do reports that happen every yeah. quarter. Well, anyway, I'm just gonna stop talking shop. Um, but yeah, I found and I, and I look back on it and I was completely floored by not only Zola's involvement. Pierce wasn't that far of a leap for him to turn. He was a new character. Mm-hmm. But for there to be Hydra the way it was, that yeah. was like, I was, and and I wasn't spoiled on it. Yeah, Stryker was far more involved in it. Because I, because I, um. We know Strucker. 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 Stryker. Baron Von Strucker. Stryker, Strucker. Um, but yeah, like. Wolverine. I, we were, we were both heavily on Tumblr at that point. And usually I'm spoiled. Maybe it was because we were at the we con saw all weekend. It, we were at the con all weekend and we saw it the weekend it was released. But it was, and nobody spoiled us at the con because our con peeps are, are good peeps. I remember just, I think we were like in the car talking about it afterwards and we're just like, holy shit. Holy shit. Well, we And we were talking the whole, fell. the whole drive home from Atlanta, which is about a two hour drive. We were like, what is this going to mean for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Are they still going to be able to call it the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? There is no more S.H.I.E.L.D. What the fuck? Yeah. How in the hell are they going to... I mean, what's going to happen to the show? Yeah. It was... So... I was just... I was really pleased, and it's been... It hasn't been since, since I've been surprised quite like that. Yep. In a good way. Uh, okay, let's just file through the last of the characters real quick. Okay. Uh, Toby Jones came back as... Um, Zola. Zola. Love him. He's Sidwell fabulous. came back. His name is Maximiliano Hernandez. Yes. That's a mouthful. Uh, Gary... Uh, you gotta Gary. love... You gotta love to hate Sitwell. Okay, can we talk about Sitwell? Yes, we can. I fucking love Sitwell. And I hate Sitwell, but I love to hate I, him. He is a horrible, horrible human being. He is. But... I hate those fucking glasses. His... I love the glasses. I don't know why, but I hate those the bald, glasses. I just want to rub his bald head, man. <laughs> I just want to rub it. Just think Gemma flirted ha- with him. Happy Buddha. Gemma, I, Gemma flirted did. with him. Gemma did. And then Your she head tranked. is so nice. And then she tranked him. She did. Um, I hate, I mean, he is a terrible, terrible, horrible human being. Yep. But I love him. He's fun. He's so well written. Mm-hmm. The actor plays him 
so hard. I'm sad he's dead. I know. I'm super dead. Do whatever you want. I'm super dead. Hamilton reference number two. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I love him. Gary Shandling was in this. Oh, God, he was so smarmy. I loved it. This was Gary Shandling's last movie. Oh, was it? Yes. It was his last movie before, he, he was before in, we lost uh, him. Because he was in Iron Man 2 as the senator. Yes, and this is him reprising his role. So that All, was nice The three to of see. them, the, those three were reprising their roles. Yeah, that was nice to see him again. Um, he did a great job. He's so uh, smarmy. Let's see. The guy who plays uh, Batrock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Georges that St. Pierre. Fight, when I knew that there was a fight that good 15 fucking minutes into the movie, I was like, this is going to be good. Uh, well, he's a. Uh, he's an ultimate fighter, he's right? He's a master of the French form of kickboxing known as Savate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And he actually fought that scene. Oh, when Steve takes his helmet off and he goes, en favor. I thought you were more than just a. <laughs> Just a shield, and he takes it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And that impregnated me. So, Steve, we know that Steve speaks multiple languages. Steve speaks Damn, multiple. Damn, son. S- Steve speaks multiple, several So that, that fight scene was actually uh, uh, St. Pierre. When, uh, they when he, choreographed it to, and I, I read this somewhere, I can't remember where I read it. They, they choreographed it so that anyone who knew who he was could look at it and go, that's yeah, that's him. him. They used his his fighting his style, style from his fighting days and certain moves that were uh, obviously his moves, signature yeah. moves of his. They put in that scene. When I knew that early on, because you know that early on, it's it, that it's, was a big fight a early up. on. It's yeah. a build up. When I knew that the choreography was that good that early, I was like, "This is mm-hmm. gonna be good." Uh, now there's a now. Let me pull up the list of. It's so funny. She has so much paper. We the list of cameos. Oh, I have so much fucking paper. You have killed a forest for this podcast, and the my, world thanks you. I'm going to move my mic real quick. Okay. <laughs> so much research was done in the making of this podcast. Okay, cameos. Here we go. Okay. Um... Ed Brubaker? Ed, okay. <gasps> Can I just say? Brubaker? Ed Brubaker. I don't even read comics and is, I know who he is. Is my love because, okay, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the idea that um, anybody who dies in comics never comes back. Except for Bucky. Except Bucky, Uncle Jason, Ben. And Jason Todd. And Jason Todd. I got the right, I got yes, the right you Robin. Did. Yes, you did. All three of those, they're for they and Bucky stayed dead for decades. Yeah, because he died. I mean, like in the forties, right? Yeah, he died early on because. Um, Sorry, my dogs are. Stanley was <clears throat> Stanley was not a fan of the whole sidekick. He didn't like that. He didn't want to go like the Robin route. No, he didn't want that at he, all. So they killed off Bucky Barnes to to stop that. Because he was a kid running around a war zone with Cap. I mean, it was kind of unrealistic. And he stayed dead from the 1940s until 2004 when Ed Brubaker brought him back. Bless, bless, bless Ed Brubaker. But he brought him back as this instead of like, oh, we brought yes. the little kid Bucky back. No, he brought no. him back like this. Because they were not childhood friends, by the way. Uh, so Ed Brubaker is a scientist at the birth of Winter Soldier. <gasps> Yay! At the, at the, in the birthing, the birth, the origin scenes, the flashbacks. That's beautiful. Uh, Joss Whedon. Director of the team as, as the movie... Director of the team-up movies as the man wearing a Captain America t-shirt going down the escalator (gasps) with a little boy at the Smithsonian. Okay. 
So I'm not 100% on speaking terms with Joss right now, but that's But cool. he did make a cameo. And he made the Avengers, and the Avengers is awesome. Yes. Stan Lee is the security guard. Of I am course. so fired. Uh, Henry Sinise is the voice narrating the Highland. Gary Sinise. Gary. What did I say? Henry. Where the fuck did I get Henry from? I don't know, but Gary Sinise. Yeah, he's he's clearly the narrator. And Gary he, Sinise, yeah. He actually is very active with um, veterans groups. Oh, cool. And so I could absolutely see him recording the voiceover for this exhibit. So it felt real. Oh, good. Uh, then they uh, Gary Shandling reprising yeah. his role from Iron Man 2. Right, right. Uh, Danny Pudi. Yeah, Pudi? from Community. He's the... Uh, One of the techs. Tech operators who lets Captain America into the communications room. Because I remember when we saw it, you were like, oh, that's... It's Abed. Yeah. And I was like going, Who? But it, there was no what? Troy, and it would have been great if it was Troy and Abed at, uh, Troy and Abed at, Abed at S.H.I.E.L.D. They had a whole Troy and Abed in the morning. Okay, I'm just going to But yeah, keep I was going. Like, I was like, it's Abed. Yeah, I was concerned. I was worried about you. I was I had no clue what you're talking about. Are uh, going to hit the World Security Council people? They're not on my cameo <gasps> list. Allendale? He's a uh, World Security Council. He's one of the okay, grumpy Okay, but ones. he's not on my cameo list, okay? I'm sorry. He's in this list over here. I knew something that you didn't uh, you didn't prepare for, I feel. Shin Han, Jennifer Agutter, uh, Alan Dale, and Bernard White appear as members of the World Security Council. I named all four of them. Can, How's that? If we're talking about World Security Council, can... Not- okay, fine. Fine. Cameo. Fine. Cameo. <laughs> I don't want to lose my place. <laughs> I'm so easily disrailed. I'm like, squirrel. I have a list. <laughs> and that's, this is why you're the organized and one. The and di- I'm like, squirrel. And, and that's why I have piles of paper and you have a microphone. This is true. So Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Oh, my babies. That McFeely. I always call McFeely. McFeely. I love uh, them. They are two of the S.H.I.E.L.D. interrogators. Oh, cool. Stephen Culp, uh, the congressman who angrily interrogates Black Widow. Yep. He's known for playing the antagonist Speaker of the House in the West Wing. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then D.C. Pearson is the bearded man at the Apple Store. Okay. Specimen. Specimen. We have the same glasses. So. And then the director cameos. Uh, Joe Russo is the doctor treating Natasha. Oh. When they bring her to the set. The guy squishing oh, cool. her shoulder. Cool. That's Joe Russo. That's awesome. Squishing her shoulder. I'd want to touch her too. Um. I know, right? Okay, so that's all those cameos. So, okay, fine. The, the Security Council. Okay. What do you want, man? What do you want? So, who was on the World Security Council in The Avengers that is noticeably absent in this film? Uh, uh, that guy that's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Gideon Malik. Gideon Malik. Yeah. Yeah, he's not there. I love Powers Booth. But, but Jenny Gutter was in The Avengers. She was. She was indeed. She had different hair, I think. Yeah, but it was her. Same yes. actress. Yes, and I like her. And that's one of my, one of, okay, so, um, we had, you know, the, the, my group, uh, my Hellion group on chat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there were some of them that hadn't seen this yet. Well, they need to watch it. And so I was like, they were like, well, cause they, they know that, you know, we are who we are and that, you know, I have whole podcasts devoted to Marvel. And so they were like, Hey, do you want to do a watch along? Do you have a copy of it? And I was like, oh, my sweet summer <laughs> child. And I was like, I have three. I was like, fuck yes, I want to do. Because I love watching them watch these movies for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think there were, I know. Excuse Rose, me. I've had the hiccups off and on. All Rose, day. Naomi, and um, 
and uh, Rizabeth were all watching it, if I remember correctly, and I might be mixing up Ant-Man with this, but one of the one of the things, and I can't remember who said it, but they were like, oh man, I thought that older lady was, was kicking ass, like legitimately, I was really excited about that. I was too. And then, you know, it turns out to be Natasha, so that was one of my only little, like, I really wanted it to be actually be her. Because I could believe yeah. that. Because clearly she's in the yeah. intelligence field. She probably has a spy background. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could, I could have easily accepted that. Yep. But yeah, that was one of my few little like oh moments. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I want to run through some trivia, run through some goofs, and then I want to hit uh, feedback. We're at, or we're right around an hour fifty-two. Okay. That's right an hour. Yeah, that's And then not we bad. can hit feedback. I just want to... Yeah. I want to spend some time on feedback. Feed, yeah, feedback, we will have lots to interject because we usually go, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Uh, so some trivia real quick. Uh, at some point, Natasha brings up Department H, which is the Canadian agency that experimented <gasps> on Wolverine. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about her necklace. Yeah. Uh, Nick Fury tells a story of his grandfather being an elevator operator in real life. His grandfather was an elevator operator. You mean Sam Jackson's? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, cool. Nick Fury relates the story of his grandfather. In real life, Samuel L. Jackson's grandfather was an elevator operator. That's awesome. Yes. I Um, fucking love Sam Jackson. There's a Starks Industry logo on the Falcon flight gear. Oh, Which I never caught before. I never caught that before either. Uh, I'm not going to go through Captain America's ketchup list because that's all over the web and we all know about that. And they're different for each country. They are different for each country, which is awesome. Um, but everybody knows about that. So yeah. I didn't want to focus on it too much. Yeah. Um, there is a deleted scene in the uh, Avengers mm-hmm. um, of Steve learning about what happened to his commandos and Peggy <sighs> ending up being uh, cut out of that film. But they kind of concluded that in this film yeah. in, in a way. Uh, the heli- Yes, ma'am. Just remind me, we need to talk about Peggy's husband. Okay. And kids. Okay. Uh, when the helicarriers were revealed for the first time, Fury mentions to Captain America that Stark insisted on making changes to the propulsion system. After he got a... We all know about that yeah, one. Yeah, after he got a good look. Uh, let's see. Well, it runs on some form of electricity. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Cap's costume in this movie uh, takes... So much better. I know. Uh, Cap's costume in this movie takes cues from the super soldier outfit that he wore when he was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked why, when, uh, because Tony's like, where the hell is Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, the whole movie, where are they in this film? Where are they in this film? Yeah. Uh, this film actually happens over about a three day period and there just wasn't a time to to contact them. And that I believe. Now when Thor doesn't show up during all the civil war shenanigans Mm -hmm. or Bruce for that matter, well, Bruce kind of on the run, but yeah, I know Bruce is, well, I I can talk about that all day. I think they, I think they did a good job of making it believable. Mm -hmm. Like I could, I could see Clint being out on a mission and this shit going down and him having to come back to all of this. Yeah. So there's that. I I was okay with that. Of course I want to see everybody in every movie but you know well of course they're but not this was a make- captain america movie this and they're not an into Avengers making movie. six hour long marvel movies however much i want i know that. right that's just rude um the scene where captain america jumps out of a plane without bothering to use a parachute is an homage to a similar <sighs> scene in the first issue of the ultimates comic <sighs> which Steve. i mentioned earlier that'll also impregnate uh, you while writing the script there was a possibility of hawkeye being in this film but they felt there were too many characters and they Ultimately, they fe- they didn't have enough for him to do. 
And then there was... Uh, <laughs> they threw that out the window with Civil War, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And then Too there was a... characters. <laughs> then there was a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Uh, the mall shopping center where they go to find the U.S., you know, the origin of the encrypted USB stick yeah. is called the Tower City Center in Cleveland, Ohio. The front of the building and its concourse were used in the Avengers as the opera hall in which Loki <gasps> confronts the German opera patrons. Thought you'd like to know that. Um, so one thing I remember on Tumblr when we were getting shots of them filming mm-hmm. this movie Everybody lost their shit when we saw that kiss. People are like, oh, my God, I don't want to see Matt <laughs> and Steve. And, you know, and it turned out it was a it was a ploy. Oh, yeah. They were hiding out together. But, yeah, I, I vividly remember, like, people freaking the fuck out. Yes. Uh, we talked about this. We meant uh, we need to watch this. Joe Russo is a big fan of the YouTube channel called Screen Junkies. Yeah. One of their segments is called Honest Trailers. Russo was aiming this film to be honest trailer proof. And it basically is because like 30 seconds into it, they're like, okay, uh, this is a great movie. So we're going to nitpick now because we have to do this. But it, I've seen the interview and I've seen the Honest Trailer and it's awesome. Now, they really, uh, the Bruso brothers went in. They did a special video to discuss yep. it. It was just released this last April, which you and I have not watched. And we need to watch that. I've seen it, but I haven't seen it with you. The th- oh, the 13-minute mm-hmm. long one? Okay, yeah. we need to watch that. I remember it being longer, but yeah, it was it was really good. Maybe it just feels longer. Maybe it just- It's a YouTube video. It's just not supposed to be 13 minutes long. Yeah. Um, the, pro- the working title of this project, to keep it from, keep it under wraps, was called Freezer Burn. <laughs> nerds. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow mentions Operation Paperclip. Yeah, that was a real thing. It was a real world thing. Yes, it um, was. This is to the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS program, of which over 1,500 German scientists, technicians, and engineers, like Werner von Braun, father yep. of the V-12 and Saturn V rockets, which the Saturn V is right up in Huntsville, right up the road from us. Yep. So Absolutely. I just had to give that a nod since it's right here in our state. Uh, when Roger talks for the first time with Wilson, he mentions some differences between his times and actual times. He comments, Napoleon is great as a nod to Captain America in 1990, where the Steve Rogers is played by Matt Salinger. They made it Captain America in 90? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, man, it must have been cheesetastic. Oh, I know, right? Uh, okay, uh, the mask of the Winter Soldier is exactly opposite to the mask of Captain America. The Winter Soldier and it will hurt is, you. Yeah, the Winter Soldier is, in fact... The opposite it's he is cap's opposite because yeah. the the cap has the the face the mask mm-hmm. up on his top of his head and then it's down here so that was that was on purpose um when steve rogers enters his apartment you can briefly see a copy of the book all the president's men on his bookshelf robert <gasps> redford was oh producer gosh. and star of the movie all the president's men in 1976 that's so cool mm-hmm. um when uh, Zola identifies Natasha as being born in 1984, that's the same year Scarlett Johansson was born. Okay. Which okay. Natasha was actually born in the 40s too, but yeah, let's not go there. Not in the MCU. They did no. it different. Not wrong. Different. No. Before his death in the Avengers 2012 and subsequent resurrection Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel considered revealing Phil Coulson as a HYDRA agent. <gasps> no. He would have played the role that Sitwell does in the finished film. But that was before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fuck you, anybody who thought that was a good idea at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Fuck you very much. Mm-hmm. Not my baby Leave Phil. Leave my baby baby alone. He literally wears Captain America underwear and you can't tell me otherwise. Uh, Sam Wilson got double exposure in 2014. First, he's introduced as a major character in this film. And it's the same year he was announced as taking on the Captain America. Yeah, that was 
Anthony Mackie was so excited about that. An African American uh, Captain Cap. America. Yeah, that was, was great. Great. Uh, there's a photo of Alexander Pierce from 1992, which is actually a still from the film Sneakers from 1992. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the three founders, Tommy Lee Jones, Haley Atwell, and Dominic oh, Cooper. beautiful. Were all three in the first movie. Yeah, yeah they were. I miss Tommy Lee. I wish we, we got more of him. Uh, did you know that uh, Nikolai Koster... What, what, Jamie, Jamie Star- Lannister. Jamie Stark. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He screen tested for the role of Brock Rumlow. Oh. He's... That would have been bad. Wow. That would have been that would so, be weird. so bad. Uh, Michael B. Jordan read for the role of Falcon. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he ended up playing a subpar... Uh, well, he, his performance, I'm sure, wasn't subpar, but the uh, Fantastic Four, he was Johnny Storm. Bless him, sweet little heart. I'm sorry. There's all the cameo list. Oh, and we all know that the the grave on the Nick Nick Fury's grave bears the epitaph. That's uh, his favorite line from uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay, yeah. We saw. Yep, I know what that is. Uh, it's the first uh, film series to reveal Nick Fury's eye. Blah blah blah. Who cares? And then we're introduced to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. In this, in the after credits scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, comic book writer Ed Brubaker was both pleased and surprised at the adaptation of the Winter Soldier storyline. His work on the title, including the return of Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier, quote, I got to go out to Marvel Studios and read one of the later drafts of the script. I went to dinner with the directors and talked about the project and gave the feedback on what I liked, what I didn't like, what parts didn't work. I mean, the script I read was fantastic. The tone of it and Bucky's stuff is so perfect in the way I'd want it to be. So, um, in the comics, Baron Von Strucker experiments on twins with superpowers, but in the comics, it is actually his own twins, Andrea and Andreas. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so the, they, they brought in Quicksilver and S- Scarlet Witch. Wow, in an even different way than I realized. Yep. Uh, oh, and in the comics, uh, Natasha and uh, Bucky trained together and, and um, got busy together and trained together i mean would you i mean honestly would you pass up training with yeah either one of them no yeah the thing that they they have totally left out of the movies is natasha's history yeah that she actually was yeah trained back in the day so yeah all right i'm gonna run over some goofs real quick okay um not gonna do that one because i don't want to drop off somebody okay uh, when Pierce activates the badges worn by Natasha and the shield councilman, he threatens to burn a two whole inch in Natasha's sternum. That's not her From sternum. her shoulder. From her shoulder. <laughs> I know. He's upset about it. I would be too. Okay. It bothers me. All right. I know. And we haven't even started talking about Howard Stark's death I'm, date. Oh, an odd... <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Not everybody has listened to Agent Carter slash Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know. Um, when Falcon takes Jasper Sitwell hostage in front of the restaurant, he says there's a gray car two spaces down. His car is actually, I think we determined it was a dark blue. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a Chevrolet Malibu. It is a dark blue. It is not no. gray. No. I'm not reading all these because there's continuity errors that I just don't care about. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, that's going to get, okay. <laughs> when the hover carrier collides with a Treskillian, Romanoff is seen running to escape the collapsing building, still wearing the outfit she wore while she was impersonating the councilwoman. However, a few seconds later, she's in the helicopter, suddenly back in her black leather. Ah. Mm. Natasha's just talented like that. Uh, then there's the whole the hair scene where oh. she goes and she mm. takes a shower at Sam Wilson's, and apparently he has a hair straightener because yeah. two seconds later her hair is straight. Yeah. I don't think so. And the way she towel dries it is weird because it's not really wet. Yeah, it's but just whatever. weird. Uh, in the New Jersey secret bunker scene, Zola explicitly mentions that S.H.I.E.L.D. was founded after World War II. However, in Iron Man, Agent Coulson introduced himself to Potts as being part of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division, implicitly saying that the acronym SHIELD is not used yet because they haven't figured out. It's quite a mouthful. We're working on it. How come Zola, dead way before the Iron Man era, knows about the SHIELD acronym? Because? Reasons. Because reasons. Uh... In an early scene, the location is given as the Indian Ocean, latitude and longitude, and there was actually be off. Uh, it was in, it's in the wrong location. Okay. Uh, so I would put the plane just off the coast of Ratnagiri, India. Oh, all right. Yeah, totally. That's not where they were. Not in the same place. Nope. 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 Uh, during the first daylight chase scene, road signs for U.S. 6 and U.S. 322 are visible. These highways pass through Cleveland, not Washington. Yeah, and they use that as a filming location. Uh, during the, another, during the Zola scene, the computer monitors show these really awesome, really well color. There's no way those computer screens no. could ever have done that. Nope. Uh, the Winter Soldier would have been unable to enter the Smithsonian as metal detectors are in use during the security check and his prosthetic arm would have been picked up by the detectors. I didn't even think about that. Damn you, Internet, for messing that up for me. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, during Zola's presentation, man, his presentation was just fucked. It is shown that when SSR becomes shielded in 1945, it has the zip code 20595. The United States Postal Service did not start using zip codes until 1963. They were ahead of their time, people. That's all it is. And then, before Uh-oh. I get to the section that are in things that are people say are goose, but they're not actually goose. Right. Uh, when Alexander Pierce offers a certain guest milk. <laughs> Can we just talk about the milk glass? Okay, that was one of the things that, like, Tumblr, Tumblr had a huge problem with the milk. They sunk their hooks into that milk. Oh, my God. It was a meme. And it's not even the milk. It was a meme. It was the glass. He gets out this huge 16-ounce. <laughs> no, that had to be, like, an 18-ounce glass. That thing was huge. And he pours, like, an inch of milk. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> And that was basically what everybody on Tumblr said. They were like, who does that? Like, that, it became a meme. Okay, so, like, the only thing I can figure is he got thrown off his game because the Winter Soldier is sitting at his table. Well, yeah. And so then he just poured enough for a swallow. He yeah. didn't want to pour a big old glass. However, when he sets the carton back down, it's orange juice. Whatever. <sighs> wow. Um, yeah, that fucking milk. Okay, uh, the movie makes numerous references to the Black Widow, born in 1984, being part of the KGB, which folded in 1991. Yeah. She would have been about six in order to have been in the KGB. 
But the geopolitical history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not necessarily exactly the same as it is in the real world. For instance, the flying car being invented during World War II means that history is not exactly as we know it. True that. Even Hydra, an offshoot of the Nazi Party, continues for decades after World War II. Yeah. Um, the newspaper clip that Zola shows Cap and Widow of Howard's death shows the younger Howard Stark from Captain America, but should have shown the older Howard Stark from Iron Man 2. However, it is not uncommon for a younger picture yeah. to appear in newspaper articles. Yeah. I, I took that. I mean, that was fine. Uh, okay. So, uh, here's a couple of plot holes real quick. Uh, during numerous fight scenes, Captain America falls back due to blocking hits with a shield, which absorbs nearly all kinetic energy. <laughs> okay. You're this not one a bothers me. This. Yeah. this one bothers me because I've seen this movie hundreds of times and it never really occurred to me. When he's on the bridge and the Winter Soldier shoots the RPG at his shield and he gets knocked backwards off of the bridge off the and bridge down to the bus. Into the bus, yeah. Makes absolutely no sense if he can absorb Thor's hit with a hammer. And he can. We've seen that. That shield absorbs almost all kinetic energy and will not transfer it to yeah. s- back to Steve. He yeah. will not move. So many times in this movie, he gets hit back while holding that shield. And it yeah. just makes me angry. It's the only mistake that makes me angry. So. Mm, okay. So, speaking of Howard Stark. Yeah. Have at it. Okay, so the timeline bothered me a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that I didn't notice until I was watching this 500 times and I paused it on my giant TV. Well, not giant compared to yours, but be quiet. <laughs> there are, I wasn't going to say anything. I know you. Um, and so I paused it, and I think at that point I texted you, and I was like... You did. Howard Stark was 50... Three years old when he had Tony. Yes. Because he was 71 when he died. Yes. And Tony was born in 70 and Howard was born in 1917. And that just really bothers me. Because, like, I just... Time moves differently in the MCU. I just... That bothers me. And then, like, yeah. And then we get we get the whole... Um, we get the whole, you know, uh, car accident thing in... Mm-hmm. Civil War. Civil War, yep. And so it got reinforced because I was hoping it would maybe sh- it was maybe just a goof. You were hoping it would it would figure itself out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't. And I just <sighs> Time moves differently. We have some feedback feed feedback. Feedback on it. Bok, bok, bok. Yeah. Some feedback on um, just, another just, issue. I don't like, like that. Because then at this point so. I, I don't know where when Maria comes into the picture because She's not in the picture as of the two seasons of Agent Carter, which I might as well go ahead and talk about Peggy's husband and kids. Um, we know from this movie that Peggy was married to somebody that was rescued by Captain America. Captain America, only to in our the knowledge. European theater. It, uh, only to our knowledge, operated in the European theater. So based on what we know of that and the characters we have from Agent Carter, I think it's safe to assume that her husband is uh, Agent Sousa. From Agent Carter. That is, that's been my working theory for quite a while. But, yeah. Um, and also, she has two kids. And and I could see maybe if she was married to Sousa that he didn't, he wasn't alive when she died in uh, um, Civil War. Mm-hmm. But there were no children. 
present that we saw at the funeral and that really that we're bothered aware me. Of. That we're aware of, but it bothered me. Maybe they were so upset that they couldn't speak and so they asked uh, cousin Sharon to stand up and speak. I don't know, it bothered me. Okay, it bothered you. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. So sorry. I I can't fix it for you and I'm sorry. I know. Are you sorry? I'm sorry. Bookie. That that's for my that's for my Canadian friend. <laughs> sorry. All right, so is it feedback time? We can go to feedback. Yay! We have uh, lots of feedback, actually. That's awesome. So uh, we got actually got a couple of emails from Greg. He <laughs> apparently was a little impatient for us to record, so a we got little? two different emails. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> so he emails us. Uh, this is from back in May. This is how long we've been not doing this um we had stuff when well, life ha- a lot of life happened life and other podcasts happened we're trying to like spread out the mcu because we've only got guardians well, of the galaxy guardians left. of the galaxy until we hit dr strange Star in november strange, yeah which uh, who knows if we're going to get to it or not i'm hoping so but we'll get to it at some point that's eventually yeah but i don't know if we're going to get to it before dr strange comes out yeah um which would be great, be something to do over the hiatus. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Greg writes in and he says, uh, you noticed a few things that I don't have anyone to talk to about, so naturally I'm depending on the two of you to be there for me to have a Marvel us <laughs> nerd fest of a conversation. I love that kind of crap. First, I'm one of the people who loves all of the MCU movies, even the ones other people find subpar or riddled with plot holes. You mean all of them? <laughs> Our real plot holes, not subpar, sorry. Uh, but I'm convinced that The Winter Soldier is still the best one. Is really the only MCU film in which you could remove the superhuman slash hero element. It's still a damn good movie. It is. Every fight scene is excellent. Fury's vehicular rampage might oh be my, my favorite gosh. part. And it's every great. member of Cap's team, Widow, Falcon Hill, Fury and Agent 13, is heroic without being super at all. Awesome. Secondly, them. like all movies, the more times you watch it, the more you pick up on, especially after seeing Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War twice. I noticed things for the first time. Like since Rumlow was going to become crossbones, he wore crisscross straps over his chest. Or how Zola was flashing the images to Steve and Nat concerning Howard Stark's death. He actually showed images of the Winter Soldier's arm and a view of him setting up to assassinate someone. I actually just assumed that Bucky did it. Or not Bucky. The Winter Soldier did it. Like I just assumed. Yeah, you always assumed that that's what happened. I never yeah. really picked up on it. You always. I was like, yeah, that. Bucky killed Bucky killed Tony and or uh, Howard and Maria. Um, and he says, I noticed a few other things as well concerning Von Strucker and Fury and so on. However, the real question I wanted to ask, because you know how much I love asking you two questions, is... Right, right. Although Captain America is considered the leader of the MCU, mostly because he was the world's first superhero and he is the, quote, captain, didn't every hero with military light background outrank Cap? Fury is a colonel slash commander. War Machine is lieutenant colonel. Wouldn't Falcon have to at least be a captain in the Air Force to be issued such a high-tech piece of flight gear? Hawkeye, Black Widow, Coulson, Hill, and 13 were all agents you would assume would have military backgrounds and completed so many successful missions that they earned such a high status. For God's sake, the Fury's five most trusted humans. I doubt they would be with no military training. He sent Sharon to protect... The world's first superhero, even uh, Agent Peggy Carter, who told Steve in the first Avenger he couldn't give her orders because she knew what his rank was. Captain was an honorary title at that point. 
And even at this point in the series, all of them probably have accomplished more than Cap, but the military slash mission achievements are not as noteworthy as stopping Hitler, right? Honestly, I didn't check military rankings before I've typed this, and I haven't ever read a comic book, so I don't know how accurate of any of this is. Was hoping you could you would help. I also know I also know it doesn't matter, but it's fun to wonder if anyone else wonders. I would love to hear your thoughts on the matter, assuming you have any. Oh, so many. So to answer your question, and this Greg, takes this takes shield levels into account, um, because they're the closest thing we have. For the shield organization so i did some reading around on captain america and it is understood that while originally it was an honorary uh rank that he eventually was given the rank of captain that's an 03 position i am assuming personally that once he rescued the 107th and they were like oh that they he's gonna do captain. combat stuff that that they that they bumped him up to captain yeah. He actually is in uniform at the SSR and at the bar during um, the first Avengers, yep. but I cannot recognize uniforms on site. I don't know what rank that gave him. Yeah, but it's clearly shown. So if anybody knows um, that kind of rank thing as far as it would have been in the 40s, mm -hmm. um, please drop us a line because I'm very curious about that. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, you are correct about Nick Fury and uh, Rhodey. Nick Fury was a colonel. He was never a commander. He was a colonel because commander is the different. Uh, that's the Navy. In canon. In canon and in the MCU. Really? I believe so. But in in the comics, he is, in fact, a colonel of the U.S. Army. He was the original uh, Howling Commando. Right. So there's that. Uh, James Rhodes started out a lieutenant colonel. He was actually promoted to colonel. In the comics, he was uh, the U.S. Air Force. But in the movies, they made him a Marine. Don't really know why. No, other way around. He's Air Force in the movies. Oh, is, did I get that backwards? Yeah. I uh, must have made... I was. I spent 45 minutes researching ranks, so there we go. Yeah, you did. Uh, Sam Wilson, on the other hand, in the comics, held absolutely no rank and had no military background, but then again, they completely retconned his background. And he had hawk powers, so... Or, yeah, red hawk. Yeah, he had... Red uh, was a hawk, right? No, he was a falcon. Fa oh, jeez. Falcon's Falcon was a falcon. I'm Hawkeye ended up in my head. Cow, 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 motherfucker. Cow, cow, motherfucker. Cow, cow, cow. Where the fuck is cow, cow? I don't know. I'm Canadian, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? God. Rizabeth so would be uh, so proud. Anyway, Sam Wilson had no rank in the comics. He was never in the military. Sam Wilson of the movies was U.S. Air Force, and I... They never mention his rank in the movie at nope. all. And you can't see it from the file. No, I stopped and paused on the file. I looked everywhere. And then I went. They don't address him by it either because you think. No, they don't. I they mean, never do. So I went to see what rank you had to be to be a pararescue, mm -hmm. a pararescue man. And there are no required rankings. And I will say. Join. It is special ops. Yes. In and of itself, a pararescue is a special op. And it will in say. In the U.S. Air Force, but. Greg's reasoning that. You have to be a certain rank to be given the wings. I kind of, if it's a, proto I can see it, but I have no evidence. If it's a prototype program, though, mm -hmm. it may be based on physical character, like because I'm sure you have to meet a certain rank means nothing to Tony. Yeah, I think you have to meet a certain, probably a certain build to be mm -hmm. able to wear those the wings. How how well you did in your training? How uncertain, well you did in uncertain uh, criteria. Yeah, he was there for two missions, so I could easily see that being. It's kind of like Steve. 
oh, I'm sorry, son, you're not a lieutenant colonel, <laughs> so you can't you can't yeah, no. uh, get involved in Project Rebirth. No. So I kind of I would blur the lines a little bit for something like that. I'd be yeah. okay with that. Uh, as far as uh, Hawkeye or Natasha or Peggy or Coulson or Agent Hill, none of these people I could locate any kind of military background okay. at all. Their training is all through uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, well, as, Natasha has the Red Room thing. Well, now but, Natasha has the Red Room and the KGB. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But uh, those are not military since, organizations. No, per they're se. not. They're not. Now, as we both, as we know, Greg does not watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, right. Greg, you need to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Please. Peer join pressure, us. peer pressure, peer pressure. Because it is revealed in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that um, S.H.I.E.L.D. has its own academy. Yes. They train in weaponry. They train in fighting. So You can be um, disciplined in either like yes. the sciences or combat. Engineering. Yeah. Uh, much like... Um, Star Trek. Star Trek. I was about to go to Starfleet. Yeah, much yeah. like Starfleet. Yep. So it's a lot like that. So because this is an alternate world, it's it's a... What was it? A paramilitary. Paramilitary. I, I always equate S.H.I.E.L.D. to like the CIA. It's okay. an intelligence yeah. agency. It is its, yeah, so it, it has its own training and ranking system. So that brings us to the uh, the levels. Yes. Um, which there is an error that Gina brought to yeah. us. And it's, it's so, legit. So we'll, we'll discuss that when I get to her email. But I want to talk about there are 10 levels plus the alpha and, and the, omega. the omega levels within the ranking system. Right. So as I understand it, don't, let's not get into the conflict of interest because I know it's there. But from what I've read, from yes. what I understand, um, Sitwell, Hawkeye, and uh, Natasha are all level sevens. Okay. Um, and then Steve so, Rogers. And, and to, to go on to S.H.I.E.L.D., so are Melinda May and um, Grant Ward. Grant Ward, they're all level sevens. Yep. Uh, Steve Rogers is a level eight. And we see that in the elevator. Oh, Sidwell is also level seven. Yes, Did Sidwell I say Sidwell? is seven. Okay. Uh, Steve Rogers is a level eight. Uh, Hill is a level nine. She's also considered a, com- she's called a commander. Yeah. But she's a shield commander. Right, right. Um, where Peggy Carter and Coulson and Nick Fury are all level tens. Yeah. Well, Nick. Coulson, at the time of this movie, I think was still only a eight. Yes. But once Nick Fury uh, went into hiding, then Coulson came and S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of collapsed and Coulson took over. So he became a 10. Right. Um, Nick Fury and Pierce are both. Alpha, but only Fury is also Omega. Omega. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you have to be at least Alpha for Project Insight. So not even like Agent Hill couldn't even get to Project Insight floor on her own. Yeah. yeah. She didn't have alpha clearance. So that's... Director Override Fury, Nicholas J. Yeah. So there's the ranking, Greg. I hope that helps you not be... Well, yeah, it's confusing, whatever, so... But but I think <clears throat> it's interesting that... Um... They are in... They do, in fact, outrank him, but uh, he... He is in a leadership role with the Avengers because they're level seven and he's level eight. Yeah. Within S.H.I.E.L.D. So well, the, there's the, that. the members of the Avengers that are actually rankable because yeah. I'm pretty sure Banner now, and Stark and Thor don't have levels. No, and neither does Rhodey and neither does Sam Wilson because right. they are not members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So. So only half the Avengers are actually S.H.I.E.L.D. members. Correct. Because the Avengers are not necessarily part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I assume... 
but that Steve's the leader because he's the leader, and that's how he's written. I assume that Story. Clint and Natasha have left Shield proper when, oh, it, by, when it falls. Oh yeah. Oh sure. So when we see Age of Ultron, yeah. and and beyond, I just assume they're an Avenger more than they're a Shield agent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. What time is it? Showtime. That would be Hamilton reference number three. Yep. Uh, so then You're we heard, welcome. So then we heard from Franzie. Yep. Who wrote to us a month ago uh, and told us today that she'd forgotten what she written. So Which surprise. Here you go. Here's what you wrote. <laughs> she says, hey, guys, hope you're doing well without most of the shows because we're in hiatus currently. Um, she says, Captain America Winter Soldier is still the best Marvel film to date, in my opinion. I love yep. the story from start to finish. I love what the Russo brothers did with our old characters. And I love how they introduced the Falcon. So she goes character by character. Ooh. So Steve. Whereas Robert Downey Jr. embodied Iron Man since his first movie, Chris Evans needed a little more time to become the Captain America. Okay. But since Winter Soldier, he definitely is, at least for me. The opening scene with him and Sam is not just funny, but it also reminds us of how much time has passed and what Steve has missed, yeah. like Star Wars. <laughs> I always enjoyed the first Avenger, but the fight scenes weren't outstanding to me, and Cap just wasn't cool. <laughs> That's in quotes. That child is not cool at all. No, he's not. Uh, Winter Soldier changed my opinion on that. He really started to kick some ass. The opening fight on that ship is still one of my favorites. Same goes for the fight in the elevator. Oh, I, the elevator. I also like the friendship between Steve and Natasha. Yes. That evolves in this film. Uh, so, Natasha. Even though there was some talking lately about a possible Black Widow movie, this is probably the closest thing to a Black Widow movie we'll get in a very long time. Probably, yeah. But if her fight on the ship isn't proof enough that she totally deserves a solo film, that I don't know what is. I love ass-kicking Black Widow, but I also love it when she teases Steve or tries to interfere with his love life. Yes. She's a giant nerd, man. <laughs> um, Sam. Yes, Sam as Falcon is simply dope, and I think he's been introduced perfectly. Yeah. But what I like most about his story arc in the film is that it doesn't shy away f to talk about PTSD. Yes, I'm glad she brought that up. It doesn't overdo it, but they have it in there, which is great. And the fact that Sam has lost his wingman just like Steve did gives him a sad but nice thing they have in common. They completely retconned his entire backstory, and it's totally made up, but whatever. So you think of all people, Sam Wilson would recognize Tony Stark's PTSD. Yeah, but Sam Wilson is on uh, Steve's side. I know. Yeah, Tony but they, has, they have Tony's been, got Rhodey. But so. they had been working together. I know. You think of all the people well, Tony's Sam the one, would have. Tony's going to Bruce Banner as his therapist. Ugh, so Tony is, please help Tony Stark. We just got to see what happens in Infinity. Yeah. So, uh, Bucky. I don't want to talk too much about Bucky because Johnny will talk about him enough. <laughs> That's so I awesome. have a reputation now. Yeah, you do. It's like me with Loki. I mean, people it's know. True. It's true. All I'm going to say is that it broke my heart when he and Steve fought against each other at the end of the film. It did. Oh, it tore me to bits. Tore me to bits. And Steve just bits. kept. Oh, my stubborn sweet child. Uh, random thoughts. The car chase, uh, car chasing with Fury is the best car chasing I've ever seen. Yep. Each time I watch the movie, I forget Maria Hill is in it. I don't know why. But then she appears and it makes, <laughs> it's a random Maria Hill. <laughs> and it makes me super happy. Yeah, it does. Uh, and to plug your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. <laughs> I love that Franzi's helping us with that. 
I like the theories in the feedback session section that Maria could be the next director of Shield. It would be awesome to have her on the show as a regular. God, I, I hope so. I still think she is. I, I still think, I think we're going to get to season four. I think that would be a very smart move of theirs. And she's got not not Melinda May because she's got to stay in the field. May needs to stay in the field. Because otherwise, May's going to be the director for a hot minute. Plus, and she's this way have mom to... and dad are uh-huh. at the same rank again. Mm-hmm. They get busy. So, uh, Greg wrote to us again. Yep. And he says, hey, ladies, it's Greg again. And you two have given me way too much time to think since the last podcast. <laughs> again, I don't listen to the podcast of shows I don't watch. I have seen pieces of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sleepy Hollow in the first two episodes of Houdini and Doyle. I'm just not interested. Okay, you need Houdini to go and Doyle got better. It di- Houdini and Doyle does get better after the first couple of episodes. It does. Sleepy Hollow. All right, I can't. I can't argue with that. Yeah. But you need to get through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., man. Just for the pure Marvelisms. I know. It's great. Or Agent Carter. There's only two seasons of Agent Carter. You can do I that. Think, I think he listened to Agent Carter. Did he? Okay. I think so. All right. If I remember correctly. All right. All right. I'll let you slide on that one. Uh, he says, don't the MCU directors realize that the battle suit Cap had on the first action sequence is the coolest one so far and he should wear it over. He should never wear the other suits. Ever. Okay, actually, and the suit that they had in the Avengers was the terrible one with the weird zippers. So I'm glad that one didn't come back. Well, the only reason he put on the other suit near the end is because it's the one that Bucky would recognize. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that was one of the good ones because the one in the first Avenger was really cool. Yeah. This, I mean, the, the one in this one was better, but... Still pretty cool. The Avengers one was a hot fucking mess. And I'm sorry, Joss, a.k.a. Phil Coulson. We know you had input in the design. There is no way he needs zippers in that many I places. <laughs> Coulson does. Oh, my God, Coulson. Bless, bless his sweet Okay, Greg, I, 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 take, I take beef with this next question. You take umbrage? I take serious umbrage. Which dork told Captain America that he should put Star Wars and Star Trek on his list of things over the last 70 years he needs to be caught up on? I, I, I can't. I don't even have words to how angry that makes me. Star Wars and Star Trek are two of the biggest sci-fi phenomenon in the last 40 years. I'm not a big Trekkie. I am the but like, daughter fucking of... fucking Star Wars, man. I am, I am the, the daughter of a first-generation Trekkie. Yeah. I went and saw Star Wars A New Hope in the theater when it came out the first time. I'm just, I can't even answer that we question. We saw, how many times uh, Force Awakens? Six? Six. And how many times did we watch it the weekend it came out digitally? A day? Six? Six. <laughs> Around. It was just on 24-7. I had a Sherlock convention. No, and he doesn't even offer any other, uh, any other uh, movies. Yeah, I, I, I hardly disagree with that statement. Yeah, I can't even... You can't even can. I can't, I have no can to even. <laughs> All right. So the next one is, and why would he go to the museum to get caught up on himself when he could be getting caught up on other shit? Okay, hold oh, on. Oh, I think that was all. Hold on. Like, no, he was self. He was he was not there to catch up on himself. He no. was there to catch up on the Howling Commandos. He was there to catch up. He wanted to see Peggy is well, the film for Peggy is in there. And I think he knew what happened to them, but I think it was he needed a connection to yes. his past, yes. which wasn't as far past as he. You if know. you think about in the context of the film, in this particular spot in the film, he's trying to decide whether or not he wants to stay with Shield. Yeah, and he goes there and he's there to think. Yep. 
and to be around the past to help him maybe get back some of what he felt back then. Kind of ground him yeah. into that. And, he wasn't and there. Yeah, you're right. He watches the Peggy video and hell, she's one of the founders and he tells her what I think in the next scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, you founding it is really one of the only reasons I'm still yes. with it. Um, he says, I'm sure Colson briefed him on that stuff at the museum already. Not necessarily. But if no, Colson had Coulson's, a chance, he would Colson's been gone for about a year if we're going... And usually, Ooh, yeah, usually, that's true. Because Avengers was in 2012, and this was released in 2014. So, and we, but but 2013 is right after Phil, yeah. Because the first season of Shield kind of picks up right after. Yeah. So I mean, we're and generally, we're, I, I always just assume kind of same for same uh, years. Mm-hmm. So it's only been about a year for him to adjust. That's that's got to be a lot. And uh, so the next question, because this is all freaking questions. The next question he asked, (laughs) and how was he not recognized immediately by everyone? Was a baseball cap really a good enough disguise? If you're not looking to see something, you're not going to see it. Plus, that's part of the kit. It is part of the kit. He that's didn't have the thing. sunglasses on. That's, what, that's one it's thing that's going around Tumblr. It's, it's uh, screen caps of Steve and Sam and um, uh, who else? Or somebody else. That's in the that's in the the ball cap and sunglasses. Oh, Bucky, Bucky, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that's the their that's their hashtag uh, awesome disguise. Yeah. So he says, "What is this, Metropolis?" <laughs> uh, uh, why was Bucky wearing war paint on his face for only part of the movie? I I'm, don't know. I'm thinking it's it's like the football players kind of thing. That and it looked damn sexy. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. It was damn sexy. Says the woman with an eyeliner kink. And a wing kink. Yeah. Shh. Give, give me Bucky with eyeliner and wings. That's that's all I really need in life. Bucky is Cass's long-lost uh, angel brother. Yes, he is. They are, and you cannot tell me any different. <laughs> um, he says, to make himself more frightening or mysterious? Hell yes. And is Bucky as strong <laughs> as Steve? Isn't Captain America supposed to be one of a kind? All right, hold on. Oh, Bucky. we haven't gotten into this, yeah. so I'm glad I'm glad you brought that I'm, up. I'm glad you asked that. Bucky Barnes was actually subjected to some uh, some form of uh, he was subjected super to soldier. super soldier serum. Uh, that was back from before when Steve went to go rescue him. Yeah. They were already experimenting on yep. him at that point, and when uh, when he got when Hydra got a hold of him and cut off the rest of his arm, they did more experiments on him. Then, so yes, he is that, just as strong as. And Captain that's not America. saying he got the same formula. No, he didn't. As Steve, but he got a form of super super soldier serum, and if you go canonically, so did so did Natasha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's not in the mcu but yeah so so bucky i always think bucky is a super soldier akin to cap maybe not the same mix so there i mean they there are, may be some strength differences yes. and then the arm i think makes yeah. up for what he might be lacking because they didn't have that exact formula no and uh, again they are meant to be exact opposites of each other and i will say um the whole uh bucky thing he wasn't necessarily turned into a super soldier as soon as he fell off that train. He was put on ice for a while. He was, and he was taken off of ice, and he was put on ice. So they ice. had plenty of time to kind of just jigger with him yeah. as they saw yeah, fit. He was, he was on and off the ice for 70 years. They brainwashed him. There was a whole kinds of shit going on there. Yeah. Um, My poor baby. So there was, yeah. <laughs> Bucky. 
So uh, his next question is, isn't Captain America supposed to be one of a kind? Yes, Captain America of that particular formulation, if you remember, he was like five foot, he became six two. He was 90-something yeah. pounds, he became 240. No, that did not happen to Bucky. No. That same transformation didn't happen, but... There are, and they do explain it in the movie. Yeah. They do talk about it. And it was in the first yeah, adventure. because Steve, Steve does make mention of Zola had him for a while before I yes. rescued him. and back when, yeah, Cap played AWOL and went and rescued yeah. him. They did talk about that in, in the first He was uh, already experimenting on the yes. 107th. So there, that, that actually has backup. Yeah. Um, he says, did they forget to tell us about Natasha's Wolverine slash Deadpool healing factor? We don't um, talk about mutants. No, we don't We're talk about mutants. We're not allowed because we can't. Afford uh, that. Widow's recovery from her bullet wound was so quick, I forgot she was shot. Did you? What is this? Gotham? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, I did too. I didn't think about it until he mentioned that, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. But, however, canonically, Natasha is altered as well. Not in the MCU, sweetie. I don't care. Canonically. <laughs> damn it i want them to put that in her story i know i want her to be special too i know okay so um did Haley atwell pull off the most convincing portrayal of a young person pretending to be old person or what we talked about that yeah uh he says i miss her we all miss her oh she's beautiful and uh, fabulous and amazing he says am i the only person who likes both peggy and sharon yes you are i like them both i don't like what they <laughs> did with sharon but i don't I like, like what sharon they, yeah uh, I think she needs says, to be more of a badass. He says, what? They're both hot chicks that kick ass with good morals. What's better than that? Very, very little. <laughs> very little. But I like Peggy better than I like Sharon. Oh, I do too. I, I like them, but I well, like Peggy I, we've much gotten, better. We've gotten more Peggy. We've gotten more development with Peggy. We know way more about her personality because Peggy gives no fucking fucks. And she will kick your ass while wearing red lipstick and high heels and look fabulous doing it. Okay, this next part. Is this the... No, but we're getting there. Not okay. the part you're thinking, but... Okay. He says, he's Captain America. He's earned the right to love them both, right? Why do people act like Cap kissing Sharon in Civil War was an act of infidelity? Peggy got old, married, and died. Surely Cap has earned the right to kiss a woman that's not Peggy's, right? Whoa. Totes, but... Hold up. He hasn't been awake that long, and she just died, and it She's made me She's only been dead two days ago. Yeah, it was it was too soon. And from Sharon's perspective, like Aunt Peggy, too soon, too soon, too soon. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Too soon. Like I know you got some wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff going on, but like too soon. Yeah. Uh, also, Nat asked Steve if that was his first kiss since the '40s. <laughs> Wasn't that a great question? I'm going to stop you right there. Um, that's because he's been smooching on the Buckies. Okay. <laughs> Not at that point in the movie. Shh. <laughs> You are such stucky trash. He asked, is Steve still a virgin? No. Define virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Stucky. Can we just all agree that that Peggy was going to tear that boy apart, even in skinny form? Whether or not he's a virgin, I think, is irrelevant to the storyline. But he says, wouldn't that make sense with his character? Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, it kind of does. It kind of does. But I'm thinking Fury might have called him up a couple of prostitutes to help him out there. I don't know that Steve would have partaken. You don't think so? I don't think so. Mm. Then he's got a boyfriend at the gym. Yeah. I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyway, uh, isn't Peggy the first woman to ever show an interest in who he was? Yes. They never knocked boots. How do you know? How do you know? They were they mm-hmm. were on leave mm-hmm. a couple times. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Uh, he became a capsicle before they could even dance for the first time. 
That's a I know. I know where he's going. I'm yeah. just playing devil's like, advocate. They didn't do the do, but you no, know. they didn't. But is he still a virgin? Not after Civil War. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Well, there's all and there's now stuck. Uh, Stucky is a no. Uh, Stony's a thing too now. Stony is a thing. Stony is a thing too. So he could totally Stoney's have an, a big ship and a lot of a lot of uh, Stony stuff. Uh, even before we got Spider-Man back, was like, yeah, and Peter Parker's their adopted son. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't yes. make the rules. No, no. And They're adorable. So there were some spend-the-night parties going on at the Stark Tower, just yeah. saying. Avengers Tower, man, it's 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 banging. They all have their own floor. Yep. Um, He says the whole movie, Black Widow, is trying to set him up on a date. He keeps coming up with excuses not to because he's in love with Bucky. Um, I doubt the world's first superhero is a one night one night stand kind of guy I, on I do Tinder. agree with that. I do agree with that. Or is he? Mm-mm. No, no, he's not because he loves Bucky. Okay, but he's so like he's Steve. Like, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, why would they let us know that Fury's car could fly and not let us see happen? Because it was not operational. The air conditioning worked. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Also, how did the Winter Soldier know where Fury was? Uh, because he's the Winter Soldier. Well, and I look at it like um, all of S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised. Oh, yeah. Meaning you know Fury's car is yes. low jacked, up and down, GPS. And you think they don't have eyes on Cap's apartment? And Washington, D.C. is very heavily surveilled. <laughs> Lots of cameras. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I found that believable. The C.C. cameras alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, he says, what, uh, why did he wait for Cap to get home before shooting Fury? Maybe he just got there. And why wouldn't Bucky shoot Cap, too? Bucky would not have shot Cap because that was not the um That was the not mission. the mission. That was not the mission. The mission was to take out Fury because Fury was the one that was against uh, Project Insight going forward. And I think at that point, Pierce still thought they could turn slash use Cap. Yeah, there is that, too. Because he did try to convince him. Not overtly, but, you know, like, help me with Fury Obi-Wan and Kenobi. I'm a friend. Yeah. You're my only hope. <laughs> All right. Um, Steve would understand that reference now. He would. Because he's If him. he watched Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> See how important that is? Do you? Star Wars is very important. Do you? Okay. So, uh, he says, ironically, I'm going to bring this email to an end. Thanks for reading my rants. Although he doesn't. There's two more paragraphs. <laughs> P.S. In my opinion, John, you don't need to do so much research for the MCU podcast. It's nice of you to let us be lazy, but I listen for you and Queenie's opinions and banter. I can Google that other stuff. Can I answer that? Yes, you can answer that question. Son, just don't. <laughs> I spent 45 minutes researching rank. And she loved it. Like, it was this is awesome. who she is. It was awesome. This is who Janya is. This is, what I, this is who I am and this is what I do. You can't stop me. There's, it it's just, not a phase. I ha- it's not a phase. This is who I am, Mom. Yeah, I appreciate. She that can't she, not. Yeah, I can't, I literally, literally can't not do it. Yeah. So that's why it takes so long for us to release these because it's, I lots of prep. Lots, I get stuck down in a rabbit hole and I'll go a totally different direction and yeah. read this whole other. Set Sometimes of she'll text me and she'll be like, "I just spent an hour on this," and I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> And she'll well, be like, well, Iron Man because of... And I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you asked. I'm like, fine, I'll just watch the movie again. <laughs> um, anyway. It's okay. Here's the part you were thinking. Ah. P.S. Yes. P.S.S. Actually, I think it should be P.P.S., isn't it? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. 
how all that works. I don't know. After listening to so many of your podcasts, I'm curious. Do you two actually have a problem with superheroes, especially heroines like Natasha, Peggy, Sharon, etc., having love interest? I don't think a woman being in love in an action movie slash TV series makes her come across as a damsel. I get the feeling that you two take it as if the writers and directors are trying to make it that way still. I'm not saying you're correct or incorrect, just that I don't get the feeling or respect the characters less because he or she has or wants a love interest. Just a thought I have, uh, I've had during like every Agent Carter podcast and every other podcast that almost any of the female characters, Black Widow, Agent 13, Scarlet Witch, Stabby, yep. Stabby Babs, Stabby Babs, Lee Thompson, um, presented as tough girls are mentioned with a love interest. You're a, you're a guy. So immediately that's going to be a different perspective. Yep. Um, for me personally, and I'm sure Johnny's going to have her say as well. For me personally, I got enough of that shit. Um, I get enough of, of women with the love interest. We, we get a lot of that. We have a whole genre that's, you know, chick flick and yes. girl this and men must complete you and go check out the romance section at the bookstore. Yeah. And so a lot of times, like, I just, I don't want that. I don't need it. No. Give me other cool stuff that happens because for me, it's, um, it's, you know, you don't need to be defined by that. It doesn't complete you. You can be a kick-ass character without all that. Because look at, um, we were we were rattling off, we were talking about this, this the other day, uh, the males that don't have a love yes, interest in Marvel. We we, we, we got together with uh, nine, nine of our friends and had yeah, lunch. Yeah, we did. And we asked them this question. It was like the most feminist table in Tennessee. It was. And, and, and we asked, we put the question to the table and they were yep. all like, oh, well, let me tell you. Yeah. And we're just Big like, Marvel fans okay. too. Yes. I mean another like, another comic reader was in the group. Rhodey has no has no Rhodey love has interest. No, no, Sam Wilson has no love interest. Not that I would like be adverse to that, but like it just it and we get so few women. We don't have Look, a lot of women yeah, in the universe. That was gonna be my point. Look at the ratio of men to women in the universe, first of all. Yeah. Let's look at how little and female... We're not even talking about women of color, even. Yeah, we're, let's not even go there. Um, but look at the representation of... It's so skewed heavily towards the men. Yep. Now think about how many of those men show a love interest in their storyline, mm -hmm. and how many of the women show their love interest... Have a love interest in their storyline. It's skewed Natasha the other way. Has, Natasha has a love interest. Agent 13 has a love interest. Every single, every single female in the MCU, now that Natasha's hooked up with Bruce Banner or whatever... Which she was our she was our our final hope there, and this and this is even coming from me. I am admittedly a Clintasha shipper. I would have been a hundred percent happy to ship them in fanfic, but I didn't it, want to have it just be a partnership in the movies mm -hmm. and just have her yeah just be Nat. I agree. I love the relationship between Nat and Steve so much. I was so glad to I see. I was Nat. so grateful for it in this movie. Yeah, to see her on her own, to not him respect her as an equal. Yes. Um, because in, and for me, a lot of this whole, oh, I love you, all this crap inevitably turns into, I feel the need to protect you. Yes, Which it does. does go the Damsley route. If, and which is what happened with Bruce and Natasha. And that's in one Age of, of my prime examples is Natasha had to be rescued out of a fucking Natasha. cell. Natasha had to be rescued by Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. What the fuck was that? In what universe is that even apparently the MCU universe, but whatever. Um, and if you need yeah. further proof of Natasha's training, go look at Dottie Underwood. 
you get a little bit a little bit better idea of of how yes. long she has been trained. And you can't tell me Natasha can't get out of some crusty old I know castle I know. Uh, dungeon. I know. Uh, Greg, what it boils down to is a, it's a matter of representation. Yes. Um, as as women, both both Queenie and I are single women. Yep. And neither one of us are dating. Not I don't know that you're dating. Are you not? You're not dating. You're yeah. not okay. If you were dating not somebody, real life. you tell me. Well, Loki. I'm not Loki. Is, I'm not talking about Loki. Okay. I do know he's not real. So that's that's that's, that's a, a plus. plus. But neither one of us are in a relationship, and we are currently don't need one. We have. I have no. I. I don't want I'm to speak to you, but I have no desire. I don't need one. If I mean, one, if, if one fell into my lap, that along, was perfect. But, you know, if Sebastian sh- Stan knocked on my door and asked to take me out, uh, hell yes. Yeah. But we all know that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm not closed off to it, but I'm not looking for it because yeah. I don't need it in my life. I don't feel that it's a completing kind of a deal. I don't. Yeah, I don't need that. Um, so I, I feel I don't see that reflected. I don't see myself reflected or represented in yeah. these movies. Yeah. And I'm not, and it's not just the MCU. This is a problem across all movies of all genres. And, you know. And television shows. I'm glad you brought up representation because we actually had this argument um, of, I don't want to see this, this character in a love interest role on uh, Sleepy Hollow. Because we were looking at it purely from a feminist perspective. Mm-hmm. We got schooled. We did. By some women of color who came in and said, excuse you, I need this as a black woman. I don't get to see this very often. Because and they, here are all the tropes I normally get that, sh- that yes. this character fulfills. Mm-hmm. And we had to step back and go, yeah, that's, You're not, absolutely that's right. not my perspective. You're right. And, you know, representation is very important. It's like it's like it was such a big deal to have Rhodey and to have Sam. As men of color. As men of color. And I don't think we have enough of it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think... Or, um, the MCU, but I mean, we've got Chloe, who's uh, Chloe in Agents of Shield. She's who, mixed race. Who is who is biracial? Um, we've got Ming Na Wen, who's a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not perfect, but I think it's better representation. It's better that. representation, yeah. and I think it's same. It, it goes for women from a romantic standpoint because, good God, I roll my eyes when May got forced into. A kind of well, not romantic. Let's face it. There was nothing romantic about that relationship. Ain't okay? nothing romantic about that. But you know, it's the same kind of thing. And I just kind of roll my eyes and go again. Yeah, I've I'm tired of get seeing enough it. of that. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you think about um, how many again, how many men mm-hmm. in these movies do not have a romantic relationship, and how many women? I mean, you, as 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 men, you can see yourself represented because you've got it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we don't see that, we, we don't see ourselves reflected in it. Yeah. And that's why we have a problem with it. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it does get a little damselly. Oh, sometimes it gets very damselly. Yeah. Like Natasha having to get rescued. Oh, that sat so ill with me. Mm, But yeah. So. Whatever, major loser. Anyway. that. So, um, yeah. I hope that answered your question. (laughs) A lot. So, um, I'm going to go on to Gina. Yay. Who wrote in just about a week ago. <laughs> Hi, Queenie and Janya. Hi. Hi. Says, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Winter Soldier. You just did. So is, many of them. It is hands down the, and I know we're hitting to the two hour mark, so I'm going okay. to run right through this. Uh, hand down the best Marvel movie, and I'm not just saying that since I'm Bucky Trash. Bucky Trash. Bucky Trash. Oh, sorry. Your fanfic's still on my list, by the way, Missy. I know. Missy. It's, it's it's gotten to the point where 
Read Gina's fic is on my to-do list. It's so, like, I, you have put so many of the words. Like, I would kill to be able to write a fic that long. All the words are in that fic. Oh, my God. Like, I saw how many K that was, and I was like, and it's unfinished? Holy <laughs> poop. That's intimidating. I would, like, I would really legitimately, like, I cannot put out a fic that long to save my life. I need, like, a week off of work to read that. Mm-hmm. Like, because I start reading it, I'm not going to be able to put it down. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And we know us. I'm going out of the country in a month, so maybe I could read it on the flight. Ooh. You know you can you, you know you can email a Moby version to your Kindle. I need to do that. That's what I've done with a lot of well, I'm not taking fic. my Kindle. I'm just going to take my iPad. Oh, well you can, I can pull do it that. up on the Kindle Ooh. app, yeah. You may have to show me how to do that. Yeah, I've done it. I that. know I, can, I just can't remember that's, how. To, that's that's I've done it. It's just been years. That's the best way for me to get long I could fic. cuz I've got a 2-hour flight and then a 6-hour layover and then an 8-hour flight. So Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. We have a plan, Stan. Anyway, uh, she says, I did notice in my many viewings that drove the writer in me nuts. I'm wondering if you noticed it, too. I will admit I did not notice it. But now that you've pointed it out, I can't not see it. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) If you pause on the Bucky Memorial that Cap visits, you have to squint. But the first line is born in 1916. However, when you get to the bottom, it says 1917 to 1944. And it's the same fucking shot. Maybe they weren't counting on obsessive fangirl disorder or OFD. Yeah. But someone should have double-checked that. It was, it's the little details, please. Well, and there's also a little detail that actually we kind of disagree on. Um, we know that Natasha is level 7 and Steve is level 8. Um, we see that he's level 8 from the elevator, um, I've paused yes. it many, many times. Yes. Um, and then Pierce, when Bucky is in his kitchen, he says, you have two new targets, level six. You're not convinced I'm that not, he meant that level six. Yeah, I'm not convinced that he's referring to them as being level six agents. I think he's saying it's a level six mission, which could be a total, like... You know, it re- requires this level of kill people who see you do it. <laughs> people see you do it. I got I'm that's two hours I'm, I'm two hours in <laughs> words <laughs> I don't need them so so yeah there, there I'm are I'm thinking that it's issues. that he's saying level six as like the mission levels it could be I'm yeah. not totally convinced but when we got your email I, I of course went back immediately <laughs> yes, on my DVR yes, and I did. sent you a picture and you sent of me it. a picture so I didn't I was bother like, I was right I was um, so offended. So uh, she also says now Bucky, quote, died during the Zola mission in 1944. Why then when Steve and Natasha find the Zola computer, did Zola say, I'm not the man the captain took in 1945? Everyone keeps saying Cap disappeared in 45. It didn't seem that long of a lag between the Zola mission and the final raid in the first Captain America when Steve took the plane down. But I, we don't know for sure. We don't know. It could have, it honestly, it was winter. It could have been could have been December, December November, and then you know go over into forty five. It yeah. could easily have been that. But Zola was captured the same day that Steve that Bucky died. Yes, so that should have been in the same. He should have died the same year Zola was yeah. captured. So that's an True. In, that is an inconsistency. That is an inconsistency. Um, she says, I guess it was a few days, maybe a few weeks at most. The timeline error drives me crazy, and there's no reason for it. Yeah. Um, other than that, this is one of my favorite movies and not just in the MCU. The filming is great. The plot twist came out of nowhere. Nazi death cult runs the world. Yeah, I could buy that. Uh, the soundtrack <laughs> is amazing. I love the Bucky theme song. Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because like, I don't know what that is. It's, 
I don't know, but it's it hurts. Yeah, and it's so good. And I'm like, I know that the same guy scored this that did. Uh, I keep wanting to call it Winter Soldier, Civil War. Mm-hmm. He knocked it. Like Civil War, the music wasn't bad, but this music was awesome. Even the end credits. Like, I'll just let it play and it listen was, to the end credits well, music. you would go through a scene, and it would start off kind of soft, and then the action would kind of build up, and the music would build up with it, and... <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, and um, I will listen to... Yeah, no. I know. Uh, when I'm at work sometimes, and I'm having issues, con- uh, issues concentrating, kind of like my speech right now, uh, I will listen to soundtrack music yeah. of uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, or yeah. um, other movies where it's just instrumental. Yeah. Because that music is designed to help you focus on the movie. That and video music, game music, man. Soundtrack music is video game music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll listen. Uh, the Last of Us is in my mm-hmm. playlist. That music is designed to help you concentrate. And just like in movies, the music is designed to make you feel certain things while you're watching the yeah. movie. And the scores written through this were perfect. Oh my god, it was dead on. It was beautiful. And all and the only um, I, and Star Wars. Some of the Star Wars music is in that playlist. <sighs> John Leia's theme. John, John William. John Williams, Williams is the fucking shit. Yes, he is. Okay, and anyway. I shall love him forever. And he shall be my squishy. <laughs> and you shall call him squishy. And I shall call him squishy. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. It was my go-to when I was trying to train for a 10K. What right makes you on. run faster than being chased by Hydra? On your left. Uh, zombies. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You were being rhetorical. You were being rhetorical. No, <laughs> no I've, I've actually used uh, zombie chasing things listening to while. Okay. Of course you have. Of course, uh, of I have. course you have. Of course I have. Um, I love the little details. When Steve beat up the people in the elevator, they looked beat up the rest of the movie. Rumlow and the other guys all have bruises the rest of the movie. And I never noticed that until Gina pointed it out. And then I've watched it a couple Mostly times. Rumlow. I watched it a couple times since I read the email and I was like, yep. Yep. And there it is. But yeah, Although uh, Robert Redford's busted lip comes and goes during yeah. that scene, which was great. Um, <clears throat> she says, shit, now I want to watch Winter Soldier again. Well, by all means. That's always a good choice. Uh, maybe I'll put it on the background noise while I work on my girl Bucky cosplay. Yes, that I'm- is so free. Please send us pictures when that is completed because I'm super excited. Uh, yes, I'm going to a con dressed as a girl Winter Soldier. I'm also going to meet the great one, Mr. Stan, this summer <gasps> at Chicago Comic Con. I'll send you pics. Please. And I will say. I thought he wasn't doing any more Comic Cons, though. Two of our very good friends do uh, Bucky Steve cos cosplay i'll see if i can't uh they do a pinup girl cosplay of them too holy crap that's awesome but they also did a bro version bro version bro bro uh, do you have any bro. pictures of them i don't i'm sure we could get them to send us some yeah, if i don't I, have now any I, but i feel better having i think I, I think i have some though <laughs> i think if we i just think we'll have to we ask get, them if it's cool to pose that, yeah that's what i was gonna say we should ask permission but yeah they do pin um, up um pin up cap and pin up bucky which are gorgeous, Oh, by my the God. Way. They, they look amazeballs. So, yes, female Bucky, I am all for that. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Till the end of the line, man. Till the end of the Til line. Till the end of the line. But yeah, they did bro versions this last con. And it was, but they did the pinup ones again. <laughs> they, so. did, they did. And I know at some point. They've got a new one planned for next year, and they told me what it was, and I can't remember what it was. But it was Cap and Bucky. Oh, it's always Cap and Bucky. Yeah. Um, and I know that they're going to be listening to this podcast. <gasps> so if we haven't asked you by the time you listen to this, because we forget stuff, 
did it make I was you talk I was talking to Caitlin about it today okay did it make you feel feelings Caitlin you know it did, did you feel feelings she's dead inside like me yeah anyway uh so last the the last uh feedback i have is from michael who got this in five hours ago yay michael so uh is this after he was like i'm not gonna be able to send you feedback and then he says that's beautiful it's a beautiful thing but he says i haven't managed to set aside time for deep rewatch of winter soldier so my only real feedback is that i love this movie right on it's a spy thriller that just happens to take place in a world that has superpowered beings. Exactly. It kept Cap to his Boy Scout traits and didn't make in mindless soldier make him mindless soldier that follows orders no matter what. Yep. It all did a fair bit in fleshing out the Black Widow, who has been kind of a prop up to this point. Yep. The introduction of the Falcon and the return of Bucky were pretty well done. Although the bond between Cap and Falcon seemed a bit forced in terms of storytelling, but it's one I can personally excuse because I've read lots of their team-up comics. Okay, okay. For the uninitiated, it must have felt even more forced. I kind of looked at it like they bonded over being soldiers, and Steve found somebody that really understood. Because as as buddy-buddy as he is with Nat, Mm -hmm. she has a completely different experience than him as far as her service to S.H.I.E.L.D. and her background. He's got the whole soldier thing with Sam. Well, not only that, but when uh, Sam mentioned that he lost his wingman, Riley, that's a shared experience right there. So I... I was okay with that. Now, I'm I'm with Michael, though. I knew about it pre pre-movie i mean yeah i knew the the relationship existed but yeah you know whatever uh he says as an agents of shield fan this movie had extra depth and how it impacted the show with ramification that took almost two seasons to resolve i still don't think it's resolved i still don't think it is either um it's still my favorite cat movie and that's high praise because i really love first avenger i don't count civil war as a cat movie personally but it is my favorite avengers movie so far oh okay okay yeah i know i understand what he's saying but technically it's the technically it's not but it's the avengers movie we deserved after the it is after age of ultron Ultron didn't happen it was a dream (sighs) um he says cheers and stay jarvelous oh because he always says cheers and stay jarvelous otherwise i wouldn't able to be jarvelous if he didn't tell me to that's right that's right so anyway um i have a question for you you have a question for me were i mean like i walked into this knowing winter soldier was bucky barnes and you did as well right that was just something that, I mean, we knew Sebastian Stan was in the movie. Yes. And we were on Tumblr. We knew, like, there that was never a surprise for you, right? It was never like, oh, my God, it's Bucky. Wait, ask the question again. Like, you didn't walk in going, I don't know who this mysterious Winter Soldier is. Oh, no, I knew like, it was you Bucky. you knew full well it was yeah, Bucky. Yeah, I, I walked in and knew it was uh, Sebastian okay. Stan. Yeah. Yeah, we, so it had to be Because they weren't, yeah. like, really yeah, keeping yeah, that yeah. a secret. No, no, uh-uh. Uh, I think... The the Winter Soldier the the him coming the Winter Soldier coming back Bucky Barnes coming back to life and the Winter Soldier storyline was a big deal. Yeah, it was um, especially because by the time this movie was filmed and released, the Civil War storyline had already existed. Yes. So uh, Captain America being killed at the end of Civil War and then Bucky Barnes subsequently becoming picking Cap. up the shield and becoming Cap, um, which I got caught down that rabbit hole and read that series this again afternoon, this afternoon. No, the actual where he actually picks up the shield. Oh, I thought you had read becomes, that before. No, I, this, I read through it um, <laughs> yesterday or this afternoon because <laughs> that happens. Um, rabbit, rabbit hole. <laughs> so there we go. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, I don't. And I remember thinking, well, you know, I already know that. I mean, I think it would take somebody that like my dad. Who literally he has to go? 
you know, okay, now who is this? And I'm like, dad, you've seen this movie before. And he's like, yeah, I know, but it's been a minute. But like, I figured you would have to be like that to walk in and be like, oh, Bucky. But then the big surprise isn't even that. The big surprise is the whole Hydra shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. I totally get that. So that's all the feedback I have. Um, again, I will have the list of the comics in the show notes. Yep. Yeah, that's that's all the pieces of paper I have. They're all gone. They're all gone. I love this movie so much. It was a great movie. It really was. And and honestly, I'm okay with this being the yardstick with which I measure every other Marvel movie. <laughs> dick measuring? Well, we yeah. haven't had a dick joke all podcast. I'm very disappointed in us. Well, you know, when you don't have Loki around with a giant phallic symbol, it's, you know, it's kind of hard. There is that. <laughs> yeah. Hard. <laughs> hard. All right. Dark matter makes me hard. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. That's Jarvelous. Yeah, it is Jarvelous. Where all is right. where is Bernard in all this? All right, we are past the two hour mark. I know. Yes, we are. So uh, we should probably wrap this up. All right. Um. Again, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming at some point in the future. Hopefully before the end of 2016. Yeah, that's but, as close as I can promise. But keep that in mind because that's that's a branch of the comics you're really not familiar I, with. Because I remember when it was coming out, you. No, it was uh, our friend Valerie. Yes. texted me. It was like, "Who are these guys?" And I'm like, "I have no fucking clue." Yeah. I walked into that completely unaware of I any knew, of that shit. I knew nothing. So, like, I figure we'll have that we'll have a bit of a learning curve with the research, yeah. and we'll have to because you know we look at it like we can educate you guys as well. So, um, there's probably going to be a lot of research on that one. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, that's going to take. I, I will. I'll have to get into it to know how much. And we are trying to finish up Agents of Shield. Uh, season one before you go on your trip so on august 10th yeah so. so but guardians of the galaxy is next and then of course doctor strange and i will say um which i gotta read up on doctor strange between now and then too yeah and so what we did with uh civil war and i think it worked out really well is we gave it what two weeks around because i had to see or the two movie. full weekends yeah because i had to see the movie to see what happened to know where to look and then we saw it another time after that yeah before we did the podcast so what we'll do with dr strange is it'll be um at least two weekends in the theaters before we record the podcast so it gives you guys time to give feedback mm-hmm. um so email your guardians feedback and your dr strange feedback to um random podcast at gmail.com or you can get us on Twitter at randomtcasts. Or on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. And if you don't want to remember any of that, you can go to our website at randomtpodcasts.com. Dot com. Dot com. Yep, it's all on there. It's kind of down at the bottom of the screen. But if yeah. you go to the Who Are We tab, you'll find our personal stuff on Twitter and Tumblr too. So Yeah, God help you. It's, it's much. <laughs> it's much and many. Have fun with that. We've been on Tumblr since... I've been on Tumblr since... 2011? I've been on Tumblr since 2012 or 2013. I can't remember. 11 or 12 for me. I can't remember. No, it was 2012 because I met you in the spring of 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Right before the first 221 Con. Yep. Memories. So, yeah. All right. It's okay. Uh, So, yeah, definitely. I love doing these movies with feedback now. 
I know. This is super fun for me. So please send us your Guardians feedback. Um, let us know when Doctor Strange, because that's already got controversy around it. So <laughs> that should either be a shit storm I in a good know. way or a bad way. I know. I, we got to figure out how much of that we actually want to get into. Yeah. So Because I'm that weirdo that sees both sides of the argument. I can, I can see both sides, but I definitely see where people are coming from. I see both unhappy. sides, but I think it's an excuse. Yeah, I, I do too. I absolutely think it's an excuse. So, okay. um, So yeah. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.